welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through 20 years of Fate Moon. I'm your host, Fen, my pronouns are Fayfair, and joining me is... I'm your co-host, Ben End, and my pronouns are she, they. And we're joined by Toho expert and waiver enjoyer, Peregrine. That's right, it's me. I'm back, somehow. Peregrine, they, them. Um, this time to talk about a different thing that I love, not maids. But old, old men who are questionably Catholic. <laughs> we do have at least one maid to talk about this episode, though. Yeah. That is, uh, that is true. <laughs> it is a joy to have you back. Uh, today, we are continuing Zero with Volume 2, Acts 5 through 7, or Episodes 6 through 8 of Season 1 of the anime. But first... Too many numbers. We have some strange tea to sip and some Yuri to chat about. We're going to get to the strange tea in a bit, but first, uh-huh. we played... Oh, I should put a marker down. It's Yuri Tea Time. Did you have any tea today, Van? I did. I had a delicious Sencha green tea. Mm. Uh, you didn't share with me. No, I was uh, running behind, and so uh, oh. made just made myself tea as i was doing the homework for this episode you were running behind what oh, happened oh hush up you <laughs> uh Arknights added a new mode that is time limited that uh i almost bounced extremely hard off of like i did uh and then i spent like i was still sick in my defense mm-hmm. i was still sick and so i spent like an entire afternoon uh like probably at least four hours just laying on the couch playing it while ben played starfield i think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and after about four hours it was when it gets fun which is like not an endorsement (laughs) but i have i have finished the rewards track Mm -hmm. uh but i have two more endings to get so i'm gonna keep playing it Should we do an Arknights minute? Since Peregrine started Arknights, since I was gonna say, like, I, I, I cannot believe that. Is it y'all's fault? I mean, I knew Arknights has been on my radar for so long. We felt like it was inevitable. Basically, since it came out, and we've been pushing for it since about (laughs) eight months after it came out. Was that's a what a really soon after launch? No, I'm I'm exaggerating, but. Listen, chapter eight's good. Peregrine, chapter eight. I'm not. I'm. 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 I think I'm on like seven. I think oh, I. I think I wrapped up six. Because like I. I've something about the reward structure in that game clicked with me in a way I didn't expect. And like mm. the thing about the writing in Ark Knights, it's very interesting. So so Ben correctly indicted me last episode for. <laughs> Getting some people to try out the Toho Gacha, which is abysmal. <laughs> Don't play it. We'll get. We'll talk about some good Toho content, which I'm hoping will help redeem the franchise. But there's like a way in which I play Fgo. Sorry, everyone. Um, and like it has such a good sense of humor, mm-hmm. and it sets a bar pretty high for me for a lot of Gacha stuff. And like something like the Toho Gacha just is not funny, and like tries to be, and like I just. just nothing is worse than that combination arc knights just not a funny game like not something that is intentionally trying to make me laugh and it's so dramatic and yet that's such a there's like it it fills a different stomach i didn't know i had like through that process 
Um, we're gonna do an in-depth Arknights pod someday. Uh, once, once, uh, once in future guest Marin has caught up to uh it maybe, or maybe yeah, when Arc uh, Two finishes. Yeah. Uh that's so much to reread. I uh, I'd reread it. But mostly I just want to reread chapter eight. Yeah. You can skim a lot of Arknights text yes. as well, which helps. This is Arknights is written it is so dense all the time for every single action that any person takes. And about uh 30% of the time I'm like, hell yeah, this is the coolest thing ever. And about 20% of the time I'm like, okay, this is nice. And 50% of the time I'm like, could you just hurry it the fuck up? I you're like, just you- like making a drink or something. Yeah, you, you can speed through so much of the incidental text and even a lot of the descriptive text. The thing you can't speed through is when girls are being catty at each other, which oh. I finally, I'm like so glad that I finally hit that. Like it doesn't kick in until some of the, like the later chapters, but then once it does, it's like, oh, you've given me like really silly buddy cop fiction AU mm-hmm. for like these three just like anime fighting girls in a way that like it's a good it's a good pitch it's a strong pitch (laughs) women are so shitty to each other in our nights um yeah yeah uh there are like two things about arc nights one is that after the first what they call the first arc, which is really the first half of the first arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, box Which was all written before the game came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That was all written, and then the game shipped, and then the riots in Hong Kong happened. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. they fired the writing staff and hired a new writing staff uh-huh. uh, to just drastically pivot the direction of the game uh-huh. and in a positive way. yes yes it like i it, mean you could say like sucks to fire a bunch of people but um the early arc nights has a real like oh these protesters have gone too far we need yes. to kill them <laughs> like vibe um, oh it, it's yeah. so it's so like scraping the bottom of that gotcha writing barrel of like uh-huh, uh-huh. we just want to help people like we don't want to you know it's oh, but then uh they uh, post that stuff they they start to and then extremely complicate that in some very exciting ways yes yes which is uh i think like the chapter four is when like interesting stuff starts to happen mm-hmm. um and then, like, yeah, like six, seven, eight are all like, yeah, better and better, but actually good, <laughs> um, in a way that like early stuff just no. isn't. And I think like the, the my new rule, I think if I if I play a new gotcha game, is always like, there's going to be an event, even as a new player, you're going to want to play it just to like get some of the resources, whatever, mm-hmm. and like current event writing is like a better temperature gauge for what a Mm -hmm. game is than Mm -hmm. early writing and i was like shocked how much i took to the old man yaoi of the arc knights event (laughs) like it was like the second or third event and i was just like these men are gay like this is great (laughs) no one talked about this uh it is yes it it was like a perfect timing for the chinese new year event uh-huh. uh because those events are like the most old man yaoi <laughs> and i mean like they have other stuff too right like it's not like yes. it yes. it's ultimately not really that but like it has uh-huh. just enough of it in a way that I mean, like they 
they are the like it's martial down. arts and Osan BL <laughs> <laughs> events. Those are the those are the uh, distinguishing characteristics. Of- yeah, like crappy dads. Like it's great. Like you get the whole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the next event that's coming up, Peregrine, is the is uh the Catholic event. Oh, I just rolled a Catholic. Like <laughs> uh-huh. you're gonna get you're gonna get a weird old priest and a bunch of like Catholic women who are shitty to each other. Uh, oh, delightful! And, uh, the Pope who looks like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's one of this is one of my favorite events i think that there's been that i yeah. played i think uh, there, definitely it's like the the hmm. was it guiding light is that yes it? guiding light yeah. oh guide ahead guide ahead i get it confused with the neural oh. which has guide and light in it wait does it yes <laughs> okay um the i think the neural event is still my favorite uh great set it just I do, I do like it when the the chosen king reclaims her, <laughs> her uh, holy sword or whatever. Um, uh, this is yes, this is one of the funniest parts of Arknights. Is it's near light, isn't it? Near light. Um, one of the funniest parts of Arknights is just how many. Um, but it is guy to have. Yes. Uh, is just how many King Arthurs they can shove in there. Oh, yeah. They love a King Arthur in Arknights. Uh, which is, to be fair, so do I. <laughs> and also loves. Um, okay. Okay, yeah. We can't get too in-depth into Arknights. But I'm glad you're enjoying it, Peregrine. I also, sorry to hijack this part of the podcast, Ben. But uh, I got, both Ben and I got sick and we were so sick we were so sick uh not covid luckily yes um and i watched a lot of anime when that was all i could do and so fen you get like 30 seconds per anime i was about to say i'm going to say one sentence about all the things that i finished um oh yeah okay uh let me find okay uh Toradora. Really good. The the really good comma. Really good for a het rom com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh I think the first like eight-ish episodes are fine. They're like weak. Uh <coughs> and then this is like you're up to like four sentences already in your five sentences. Okay. Up. Uh, and then the show finds its footing and it does, it is both, has some incredible cuts and also does, punctuates drama really well. Uh, Musume, Pretty Derby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was probably too generous to this show because I was sick, That's but... so funny when Faye's sick, because Faye will just, like, be looking at an anime girl just, like, I don't know, picking something up, and Fen will just be, like, sobbing, like, he's so cute. I want her to be happy. Okay. Gold, gold ship fair. is cute, to be fair. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. In a similar way as me watching Precure and going, oh, maybe I don't, I don't mind shonen tropes so much when it's girls doing it. Uh, Umu Musume... <laughs> Uh, is extremely. I don't mind sports anime if it's girls doing it. <laughs> um, I did. 
I cried multiple times because the horse girls were doing their best and I was mm-hmm. just overcome by uh, how hard they were trying. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you finally understand the appeal of Haikyuu after all these years. <laughs> um, I've caught a little bit of uh, most of the anime that Fen's going to talk about. I will. The thing I will say about Uma Musume is it has a really great sense of like incidental humor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's one of my one of my favorite jokes uh slash pieces of world building is uh special week is out on a jog and uh the car speed limit is lower than the horse girl lane speed limit (laughs) (laughs) um let's see next up next up hibiki euphonium oh euphonium you Uh, hadn't seen that yet i had not uh, oh. That has some of the most beautifully animated Yuri in anything. Uh, it's it's uh, stunning. Kyoani is very good at what mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, the there are like two scenes in particular mm-hmm. between um, the main characters Kimiko and Reina uh, that are like just gorgeous um mm-hmm. and i liked the rest of it but those two stick out in my mind i saw i saw pretty much this whole thing while fun was watching it if i was rating just those two scenes i think i would have rated it very highly i didn't really like the show though uh this is it is also a sports anime uh-huh. <laughs> of like it okay. is it is as as the kid who didn't play any sports in high school but was taking too many music lessons <laughs> like it hit in a way that i did not expect mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i was maybe this is the thing is when fen is sick fen gets blubbery about how cute anime girls are and is really generous when i get sick the thin veneer of kindness wears off of me and i become very cruel to anime uh yeah i mean i am excited to watch the second season um <clears throat> and and then uh really i am I am very excited to get to Liz and the Bluebird. Uh, I think you'll like that one a lot. Uma Musume, BNW no Chikai. Uh, Wait, counting another Uma <laughs> Wait, you, you can't get both seasons of Uma. Okay, did, this is, did anything change? Was it like, it's yeah, good in uh, incidental humor, like yeah, it's a sports, sports anime. I, right. I, haven't, I haven't finished season two, so I'm not going to talk about that yet. But this is uh, three specials that were released highlighting three characters. This is where I think the first season is pretty good about having normal designs for characters. And then these specials are where it starts getting into like, oh, right, this is a gotcha game. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) you did a bunch of normal designs and now you're just kind of going real wild. And also the anime starts. I think that these are good, uh, but this is more a complaint about season two is that the anime starts uh, losing sight of of uh, like characters and like arcs, and is more like. And this week, a new girl. Um, who we want to highlight? Uh, finish the um, sh- uh, review. Starlight specials, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starlight continues to bang. Yeah, it's real good. Uh, let's see. I yeah, I read a bunch of. Manga Koi Koi Limit is good. Um, the sequel in the the in Rainy Song, which is a collection of 
mostly one shots is even better. Um, I'm a Yuri Otaku and got body swapped with a Fujoshi is bad. I'm really glad that Ajiichi writes Yuri. <laughs> um, uh, Kimito Shiranai Natsu Ninaru or throw away the suit together. Uh, I, we'll talk about that some other time. Yes. Uh, I sobbed at the end of it. It's really good. You're going to need to get me like an itemized list of everything you just, you're mentioning, Fen, because <laughs> I have to put this in the notes. Yes, I will. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Bang Dream. It's my go when this season is over. Oh, right. Is this... Oh, right, because that, that ended early. Yeah. My go. Uh I the it's thing I go. the thing I will say is hey if you like toxic women <laughs> you like women being shitty to one another oh wait now see I'm normally not a big idol I I have a hard no. time with idol shows oh, but it is it uh, is such an I I've never watched any Bang Dream stuff I have no is, okay. interest in it here here's the thing. this is not a nor this is not a normal Bang Dream series yes. it's maybe getting there towards the end but the, for like uh so much of it it is about women with insane personal problems with each other just like causing drama for no reason is riamu in this one no this is the wrong one okay that's, a, that's the other one wait but but there's the more different there's there's other different wrecks of women in <laughs> oh yeah uh-huh it is okay it is like a surprisingly grounded riamu's idol master riamu's idol master Aren't they yeah. like the the company? The parent company is the same for these, right? Like, I swear. Let's see. Bang tree. Like uh, it blends together in my mind because it's like at some level, so okay, many of no. these are. Idol like, Master is Bandai Namco. Um, Bang Dream. Oh, and Bang Dream is Bandori. Bandori, which is not Bandai. Which is Review Starlight. Also. Ah. <sighs> uh, uh -huh. Yeah, and and I think right. Bandori's thing is really mixing, uh, like characters and real life. Uh huh. In the sense that, like, uh, all the review Starlight, uh, Seiyu also have played, uh, the their characters in live action stuff. Uh huh. Ah uh ah -huh. uh, 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 uh. And okay. similarly, Bang Dream bands will also do live performances. Uh huh. Yeah, Love Live did this way back in the day too. I remember. Yeah. yeah. My um, it's really good. It's actually really good. Highly recommended. And and it sounds like a like a water flavor tablet to me. Or like, uh -huh. <laughs> like it's uh -huh. like Mio. Like you're squirting it in your bottle. It's uh -huh, mm, uh -huh. tasty. My the, go. Uh, I think the the best description of it uh I could give is it it is a Yuri Hime series. Um uh, but, uh -huh. but like uh yeah, yeah. It's there happens it's to be a band. Yes. <laughs> uh, um that's that's all the stuff that I finished. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um I did some stuff, but I don't need to talk about it. Yeah. What Ben's am I gonna talk about? Starfield? There's nothing to say about that shit. Ben's cooler than <laughs> yeah. you can't hunt a Rathalos in Starfield. <laughs> you can't. I, I became a pirate. That's fun. Yeah. I read a bunch of Yu Yu Hakusho last night, but I'm already done with the part that I think is fun. So I guess I'm just gonna kind of limp along for the rest. Oh, you! I I've been 
debated going back to that. But then, of course, a new Hunter Hunter podcast started. So instead, I watched I rewatched the first like six episodes. Mm-hmm. Of, this is not what this podcast is for. I will withhold myself. I am a shonen. I I am somewhat of a shonen anime sicko. You know, I I have read and watched an enormous amount of shonen for someone who doesn't like it very much. But I it's it's see, I saw a bunch of Yu Yu Hakusho back in the day, so I do have like a small fondness for it. Well, well, I never interacted with Hunter Hunter until the last couple of years. I, I consider Hunter Kurama Hunter. to be a Yuri icon. Okay. Okay. The reason that we're actually here, let me put them. No. <laughs> <laughs> Some Yuri Tea Time stuff that we're actually here to cover. Okay. Uh, in our uh, all together year, mm-hmm. year of all together, uh, we played uh, a Midsummer Days Resonance, mm-hmm. which is a. Let me pull up. Um. Um, one sec. Sorry. Okay. Uh, is a 2002 visual novel translated in 2005. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite good, I would say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. I had fun with this. Yeah. There's not the most chew on in this. You know yeah. what I mean? But, well, uh, it, which is the, you know what? Like, I wasn't expecting any of these to be remotely gay. So, that's a oh, weird, it's gay! Yeah. Like that was a that was a nice surprise. That was that definitely a made it. I think I was totally caught yeah. out. Yeah, uh, I think that this is the first one that I at least played a little bit of. I don't think I finished it, but I did. Uh, when the when the like screen the video screen or like hologram mm-hmm. whatever it is uh, popped up, I was like, oh yeah, I. I've almost certainly played this before, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but I didn't remember any of the details, including that the main girl's gay. <laughs> great, great stuff. Um, okay, so let me give a brief summary of this. Unless, Fen, do you want to give a brief summary? Uh, you have actual notes. I'll do this. Okay. <laughs> uh, a girl who is in, is she high school now? Yes. Yes, right, because she got, she got a cell phone as a, like, uh, present for getting into the high school she wanted to get into or something like that. She's, she gets a Capri Sun from a vending machine on her way to school <laughs> every oh, day. Oh, the Capri Sun. The Capri Sun is, like, a very funny reoccurring bit. Uh, she gets collided with by another boy who's going to a different school. And this is where I was like, oh, yeah, so that's going to be the boy, right? I was already surprised that a, this was from the perspective of a girl. I was yes. expecting it to shift. Oh, we do get this, like, interesting little, like, uh, 
prelude thing that will come back uh, at the end. So I'll talk about that mm-hmm. then. Anyway, she gets run over by this kid on a bike. She, her phone breaks. She's all upset and, and is soaked with Capri Sun because the Capri Sun exploded. And then later on, her broken phone starts to like show her uh, weird holograms of another girl who happened to break her phone at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so we get this like pink-haired Genki girl uh, who becomes her friend through these like uh unpredictable moments of connection between their phones that uh no one else believes this girl that this is happening Mm -hmm. name kasumi uh yes yes and she like uh never managed to show someone while the hologram thing is happening if other people are like this is just impossible you're just making this up but anyway pink haired girl has a blonde friend who uh kasumi instantly and immediately falls in love with and like talks about this at length about being in love with yes right it is not it is not uh reading into it at all she's like oh no i am in love with her yeah (laughs) she's she's like oh shit i'm a lesbian like there's like explicit text around it was very refreshing (laughs) and it does the thing that a lot of yuri does Mm -hmm. which is uh early on she's like oh i've never like yeah, I'm in high school now, but like, not, I'm not, or, and I'm like, I'm growing up, but I've never been in love. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, yeah. doesn't, I, f- I still feel like a child in that way. It's so funny how quickly she like just doesn't care about the pink haired girl at all. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, great. It's nice to see you. Is the, is the other girl home? <laughs> so they, for some reason, don't exchange home numbers and just keep talking to each other whenever this, like, uh, mysterious happening uh, occurs, right? And then eventually they're like, we should meet up. Once the te- exams are over, we'll meet up, right? Mm-hmm. There's been some weird discrepancies in things when they have conversations sometimes, which is fun. It's a little on the nose. If there was more, more, if this was a longer piece, I think you could have, like, Base those out differently so it wouldn't yeah. be as obvious what was happening uh mm-hmm. but the, yeah the first i think the first one is uh uh kasumi says something about summer mm-hmm. and the other girl's like what <laughs> well i think i think the very first one is uh she's uh going to school and wakes up the the pink-haired girl by with the phone like connecting and the pink-haired girl's like it's already eight o'clock and it's not eight o'clock for her mm. you know mm-hmm so right right so anyway what what did you think was happening i thought that uh they were in the distant future okay i had read the little blurb okay that so are... that explicitly calls out parallel worlds uh-huh uh-huh um did you i guess or did you also i i like immediately thought it was parallel worlds just from the framing and like yeah mm-hmm. this is it's one of these things where it's like I've seen enough of this type of thing yeah. through like newer works like Steins Gate that it was just like, okay, mm-hmm. like this seems like it's leading toward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew yeah. it was something like that though. But yeah, I did consider oh. like distant future from like the hologram stuff or something along those lines as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so they end up in the same place at the same time and uh, don't see each other, which is is a fun bit. <laughs> and they start to slowly figure out, like, oh, we just are not in the same planet. 
at all. Like this is where we are on different planes yeah. of existence. And this makes Kasumi kind of have a breakdown. Just a complete meltdown. Uh she she I think at that point, uh she's already chatted with Minamo. Uh Minamo is the pink haired girl. Oh, sorry. Itsuki. Um, that's and the, that's the girl that she's gay for. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that uh, brutal scene. <laughs> There's an incredible scene where oh. Itsuki is flirting with Kasumi uh-huh. throughout, and then is like, uh, and Kasumi blurts out something about like, oh, you must be popular with ladies too. Because um, um, they're, yeah, they're do uh, Minamu is asleep, so they're doing love talk because she's yeah. childish. Oh, right. get it. Um. And uh, Itsuki's like, yeah, do I look like a lesbian to you? These girls keep confessing to me. And I'm like, why, right? Um, <laughs> it, just, it just crushes Kasumi <laughs> like a little bug. Uh, which is, yeah, it's like, it's really good that... Uh, it's good that, yeah, she's not even going to confess. Mm-hmm. because. But then, But then, yeah, finding out that they're in different worlds is like a second like oh i'm not even gonna get to like see her <laughs> yeah yeah she's like i just want closure i want to see her in person and then we can part ways and then it can just be over and i can move on with my life and then it's like well, we can't even see each other yeah uh there's a really great bit where they after they realize that they're in parallel worlds they uh like uh compare a bunch of things and it lampshades that despite the fact that itsuki and minamo's world doesn't have summer uh no seasons no seasons the same temperature uh this is so i that reveal was when i thought maybe it could also be that like they were actually just the game characters themselves and they were gonna pull some meta thing so i was like Uh, well where would there be no seasons like what if it's always a midsummer's day (laughs) um uh the the i like the bit that neither world is our world yes yes uh they each say how many prefectures there are in japan and neither of them is correct <laughs> oh that i didn't i didn't go to check that that's uh, yeah, funny i immediately googled that yeah <laughs> um uh yeah and then um they they like hang out for the longest time that day and yeah. then uh they have this great scene where they talk about like uh the uh itsuki like opines on the nature of impossible things while eating uh a flavor of shaved ice that doesn't exist in uh <laughs> kasumi's world uh um, this is the bit we get at the very beginning yeah mm-hmm. yeah um where it's like yeah impossible things aren't things that can't happen they're things that if you told someone about it they wouldn't believe you yeah uh-huh um and then yeah uh they disconnect we see uh uh, kasumi kind of like yeah she keeps the cell phone around but it never connects they never get connected again because it's autumn and winter and Mm -hmm. time has moved on Mm -hmm. um yeah really fantastic yeah yeah, it's a fun, weird little gay story. Uh, the like little interstitial uh, sketches of uh, the girls are also very fun. Mm-hmm. It is my my main notes from this. It so there were like a couple things. One was it kept crashing, so I ended up having to like turn off the audio and stuff like that to just make it play nice, which was unfortunate. But I got enough of it. 
to write down the the only notes I took, which are like there's a I had a Pavlovian response to the music when it kicked in because it is the most 2000s era VN. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> and like the the way the girls are drawn, like the way they have personality, like there's so much to this that was just like, I didn't even realize I had this response built into me, but I have uh-huh. absolutely, like I have seen this brain. entire plot spelled out across like 10 forum avatars in like the year <laughs> 2001 you know like it's that extreme vibe um uh-huh. i feel like and a like lot of yeah it's in this uh collection are that are that yeah. kind of thing um yeah i think that this is a really good uh it is like uh not an analog but it's the it's the it captures the feeling of passing someone on a train platform mm-hmm. and going like oh we we could like have a conversation mm-hmm. we could like be friends in a different world uh but right now we're just like on our way to our commutes uh-huh, uh-huh. um uh yeah Good that kind vibes. of yeah great vibes and and short helped a lot yeah. short great short uh, really pretty. I take uh, umbrage with the the bit at the end where the boy who crashed into her in the first place confesses to her, and it does not tell us that she rejected him. I yeah yeah I I assumed that she would, but yeah it. Fen made a great case. What did you say? Oh, she says that she never got a new cell phone and never needed a cell phone again. And if she had a boyfriend, she would want a cell phone to text. That's him. how I interpreted. So, that, that's also how I interpreted I'm, I'm, that. I'm with that. I'm in, into that. Yeah, because my assumption there was just like, oh, she like definitely did not want to like keep right? in touch with. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh. It's maybe uh, taking less big like swings that Narcissu was, but uh, this is one of my favorites of these. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Real. This may also be that last episodes was so nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, a winter's tale was so nothing yeah. that i'm like riding high on little vns now it could be both <laughs> i think yeah i think like the case for something like this to me too is it's like if you're if you're a zoomer and you want to know what the deal is with like clan ad being rated so highly on my anime list for so long <laughs> or whatever right like this this to me is like okay just just get like the hour of vibes from this and then you can uh-huh. just skip so much else in that canon They're because this vibes. is this is this is the vibe you want right like it has the little bit of melancholy it's like definitely more gay than any of those in a way that is like i, I think feels meaningful knowing like when it was made and like mm-hmm. how unambiguous mm-hmm. it is like that's the stuff that i liked and you get the same thing that Tsukihime gives, which is like piano that is played like so poorly that it has to be synthesized, and yet it still makes me emotional. And like that's mm, Chef's Kiss. Oh, shout out to the original Tsukihime soundtrack. Like, there's a uh, way quick. that the notes. Oh God, we don't need to get into it. I played piano, so I have like so many things I would talk about just on that. <laughs> um, if like Peregrine, you're running into crashes. Uh. Onscriptor is really cool. You can just drop in a more recent exe, and it will um, it'll grab all the files. And yes, it will. It will without still, crashing. Yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's a GitHub for Onscriptor EN currently mm-hmm. that is uh, 
uh, has more recent releases that yeah. should work on modern Windows. It didn't crash once for me. It was beautiful. Uh, that is, yeah, that also applies going forward. A lot of these games are on Scripter because, uh, at least in part, well, one, that was a popular engine, mm-hmm. um, especially for Dogeons, uh, because there was an open source version of it. And two, it's really easy to decompile those games. So you can just like look at the script mm-hmm. uh, that the original uh, Japanese creator made and translate that. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, or Peregrine, you brought a Toho manga. Peregrine. Finally. Tell us about <laughs> Toho. I think the best summary I can give on this show, like what what I'll say about Toho that I think will describe it best for Fate Moon Archive is like you could make a Fate Moon Archive podcast for Toho and it would take probably the same amount of time (laughs) like (laughs) to like finish. Um, And I think in rereading what I brought, like there's more of an overlap in vibes than I think I sometimes Mm -hmm. think there are. Um, Silent Sinner in Blue. It's a great name. Series known for some great names. Um, yeah, the the weird thing with Toho um, is that it's it's best known for a series of shmup games, um, of bullet hell games that still come out to this day. Um, we're on the 19th official entry just released this year. It's available on Steam. Um, so this one to kind of situate you in that timeline, this one came out, um, sometime after the 10th official game was released, um, because there are scenes where they show a bunch of characters and like, I realized when I was reading the manga, I was like, I could name every single one of these because they are (laughs) in those games, like up to that point. Right. And I can date where this is in release timing because of like, who doesn't show up. Um, that's very funny. It's very funny. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is fairly old, right? This I I didn't check the release date, but it would have been two thousand five to eight. It has, like a, it has eight. like a scan quality that is very similar to when we were reading the Melty Blood manga. 
Yeah, I mean, like, part of that is like, oh, right, these are scans. This was not a digital release yeah, that um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. downloaded and edited. They had to, like, scan the magazine pages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, 2007 through 2009. So, yes, I got it. I actually did get my window, right? <laughs> Sometime between 2005 and 2008. Also, timeline matches up with the All Together Jam, which is fun. Mm-hmm. So, what happens in Silent Center in Blue, Peregrine? Oh God! You're gonna make me give so okay, much here's, and so here's little. My, uh, yeah. <laughs> my base, most basic summary is a bunch of women fuck around. Yes, and don't find out. <laughs> no, they never have to find out. This is the Toho promise, basically. Um, oh. I, briefly, <laughs> this is Toho There's also day drinking. <laughs> Uh, Toho to me is really, or it's interesting because, and kind of epitomized by this, is it feels more like a setting mm-hmm. than a like a setting that events happen in, rather than like a series of stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah. and I mean, that's correct, right? Like the the framework of Toho is that every new entry basically revolves around an incident is the like the term that gets used right and an incident is when someone in the world of toho is doing something that they that everyone would probably agree they shouldn't and it is hakure remu's job to fix it and so silent center and blue is basically still trying to frame things around the perspective of remu who's is kind of like the er protagonist um but what's interesting about this one is it's it's pulling in a lot of past villains as is the case and and in in brief uh powerful evil woman yukari who is kind of like a mentor to reimu wants to go to the moon but can't just say that she wants to go to the moon so she spends a lot of time tricking reimu and her friends into going to the moon for her to act as a decoy mm-hmm. um and we have these kind of acts to the manga, the first of which is the the process of how do a bunch of girls in this fantasy world construct a rocket that will take them to the moon? Two is them showing up at the moon. <laughs> There's something and then, you know, yeah. how uh, humans from the human world are trying to invade the moon. <laughs> so the thing that 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 is interesting about the world of Toho is it sort of operates on this, like the, the real world does exist, but... The difference between the Toho setting and the real world is that the Toho setting is where, like, belief in mysticism is kind of preserved. So mm-hmm. it serves as this agglomeration of, you know, chuny nonsense, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, right? So vampires are there. You've got yokai, um, very many different types of spiritualities, which I actually think this manga represented more than I expected. Someone says amen at some point, and I hollered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the the entire idea is basically, like, the real world exists, but there are things in this kind of world of illusions that are preserved that don't exist in the external world. And the rules then shift accordingly. So a lot of the minutiae around how they're building the rocket um, to get to the moon is like really interesting because it's it's modeled on NASA projects. But then instead of using science and technology, right, they fuel the entire thing with magic and spirituality. So a lot of what makes this dense to read that I probably should have warned you about is like there's there's a lot going on in terms of like 
invocation of Shinto gods. Like, I was gonna you say, know, you've heard of Monster of the Week. Get ready for Shinto God of the Week. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, I don't even know that it's worth summarizing that stuff. I think, like, if yeah. that sounds interesting, you should just read it. Oh. Um, because it, it really does explain all of its stuff in the text in a way that I think is pretty fun and, like, captures a lot of what I like about Toho as a series. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and, of course, once they get to the moon, there's some fights. They, there's a little nod, I think, to the game mechanics that happens. Um, but mm -hmm. basically, the moon is not unoccupied. There's a reason to invade it. The dark side of the moon is populated by an advanced civilization of... Uh -huh. People and bunny girls, basically. Every single time I see these stupid fucking bunny girls with their big ears on screen, I cheer. It's <laughs> delightful. The the like, are they are they soldiers? Are they pets? Like, what's the role? Um, it is tied uh, to specific legends around the moon in Japanese folklore. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I did not I review. All this. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. God, yeah, no, they're great. They kind of have the vibe of like, what if you uh, going back to notes? Uh, the angel girls who just kind of harass people on the streets in that world. They kind of are like the, if you, like, you domesticated those. Uh huh. <laughs> They're just kind of around being annoying. There's great uh, cutaway shots to to bunny girls reacting to things. Like, you know, the big important people are talking. So, like, you know, Raymond shows up on the moon, has this big weighty conversation with, like, the, the person who's tasked with kind of guarding the moon from invaders. And then all of the bunny girls are soldiers who got scared and ran away. And they, they'll just peek out from a bush to yes. eavesdrop, right? Uh -huh. To act as this audience surrogate. Um, And so, yeah, the the... Invasion to the moon happens. Reimu, along with her her pal, a vampire who is very haughty and very silly, mm -hmm. um, and of course her best friend slash sometimes lover, Marisa Kirisame, mm -hmm. who is a witch, delightful. They all basically have their their play fights with the lunar people, um, and then in the final volume, final arc, we basically find out that all of that was a a farce coordinated by yukari at the very beginning to distract the moon and allow her to sneak in um to basically get some revenge on her failed invasion from years and years and years ago um that also fails she gets caught there's some tension there like immediately but then like at the very end we find out that she had softly nudged her other friend who was a ghost um and like again all of these are characters from past games and i realized this reading it i was like you're not gonna know who any of these women are this so this ask me questions after this synopsis played the gotcha <laughs> is like oh right i, I remember that. yeah yeah i think most of these characters uh or at least the major ones in this i recognized from uh having played the gotcha a little bit right mm -hmm. and most like, of these are like they are like talking as if there is history between them that i just do not have access to yes and that's partly i think the case for everyone yeah you know there's there's a lot of gaps left by the games obviously because they're you know they're not novels so some of this is like there there are implied deeper relationships between say yukari and this this ghost yuyuko who okay. sort of picks up on hints that yukari left behind when describing what she was planning to do and ends up going into the lunar capital herself. And because the lunar capital is a pure land inhabited by pure beings, and Yuyuko is a ghost who is implied to be from a pure sort of afterlife uh, region, like 
she is able to move more freely there. Uh-huh. And oh, what yeah, the bunny girls love her. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it was very funny because like she also has an assistant who is a gardener who's also great. I love Yomu. She's ha- uh, half hu- ghost, half human. Yes. Yes. D- yes. <laughs> There's a lot happening, but basically. Um, do you come manages to accomplish what Yukari ultimately wanted, which was stealing something, and what does she steal? Good good sake. <laughs> An expensive bottle of sake. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's where we find out at the end of everything that what was the point of the lunar invasion? Basically just to to, to be a bitch, right? Like yeah, just yeah. to just <laughs> Yeah, because she's like, oh, uh, at first, uh, you, uh, what's her name? Yukari? Is that a? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh well, no, actually, this is perfect. That you didn't steal something like cooler than this because we can drink this and they can't get it back. <laughs> right, like there's no point in them coming after us for stealing this. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. As opposed to like a sword or an heirloom or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Toho is in such an interesting place for me because it's like I have very little experience with it and i don't know anything that's going on a lot of the time but i am like that's marissa my friend <laughs> that's my friend marissa and then mm-hmm. i basically have that reaction to every single toho girl who comes on screen i'm like oh yeah that's my friend patchouli patchouli great name for a girl by the way patchouli knowledge is such an incredible name <laughs> and, um, and such an incredible like her subtitle is what the immovable library or like yeah, the yeah. unmoving library like just yeah, they have great subtitles too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good, good I wasn't, names, great subtitles. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect from this because the name sounds pretty hardcore, and I know some Toho manga, uh, like uh, manga, I think mostly Dojin gets really hardcore. <laughs> and like, so, there's they hint to like histories in Toho are also very like they're founded uh-huh. in mythology. So like these wi- some of the women in in this definitely have been at each other's throats in a very literal way through parts of this but yeah they're mostly just fucking around here which is pretty funny mm-hmm. i had a good time with it yeah i don't know if this is like a now i'm like oh my god i'm obsessed with toho now but like i said i'm like yeah that's my my friend Rayson. <laughs> there's an interesting uh, parallel to me between this and fate zero in that i think like if i needed to onboard somebody to the vibes of a thing Mm. I don't know that I still think Zero is the thing to do that with, right? I think we'll get to that. But, like, Silent Center in Blue is kind of becoming that for me in that, like, it's a more accessible experience than playing one of the, sh- the shmup games. Yeah. Um, and it hits I sort of, like, be the best notes. Those games. Yeah. I mean, at that point, just, like, watch the story. Like, read a synopsis, right? Yeah. Or, like, find a way to absorb it without having to struggle through it. That Metroidvania. Uh, what yeah, it? it's that's very I love good. a maid. Yeah, I love a knife maid. Sayaka's great. Oh, is like what? Still, I think one of the best anime maids to ever do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh and uh her skill set transfers like perfectly into a Metroidvania because mm-hmm. she has time powers mm-hmm. and so and knives and it's like oh yeah, both of those are great game mechanics. <laughs> Classic combination. But she's she's also just like chuny about like so something that I like uh-huh. about this manga too is it it really Toho being such a diffuse property like a lot of it is fan writing like a lot of what is sort of canonized in the scene 
is is a mix of like fan interpretation and like official text reading and like to me this manga avoids a lot of the annoying fan stuff that i don't like mm. um that i think can give people a lot of like bad first impressions or like make it seem more vanilla if for lack of a better term than i think it ultimately is um like sakia and this is snarky right yeah she's not just like a mate she's not hisui right but she's also not kohaku like she's just kind of her own character that i think is like part of why she became so popular in the first place yeah Um, yeah. so great showing there and i think that 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 ends up being true i love reimu and marisa in this too like i really think it captures Reimu being petty, Marisa being, like, impulsive, right? There's these sort of core elements of those characters that I was really happy to see mm-hmm. in this manga. Um, yeah, yeah. In a similar... Exactly what Ben said for uh, Marissa is I see Ra- Riamu and I'm like, Riamu? Raymu? Raymu. Raymu. There we go. Riamu's the idol master one, right? Very different. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very different vibes. Also, uh, great girl. <laughs> yes. But I see Raymu and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's Raymo. Yeah, that's shout outs. Um, know her. Uh, yeah. Uh, so- yeah. Um, Sakia is the one I probably have the most familiarity with because of the the Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't fully parsed that. Uh, before this, that like, oh right. Uh, uh, Ramilla is a vampire so she lives in a western mansion and is obsessed with like western <laughs> things and doesn't like japanese culture uh, uh which is really funny remilia there we go mm-hmm. i can't say a single word today there's okay there's like there's so many names hundred thousand <laughs> names and titles in this manga uh i will say the the yokai who all wear round hats i'm like i've given up on yeah they're hard to tell apart telling you apart i know it kind of has three characters it's a little bit of the land of the lustrous problem where like in a black and white like screen tone setting like they all end up blending together in a way they really don't when you add some color Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Hmm. is it yuri is it Yuri? Uh, if you read fan works, it sure is. <laughs> <laughs> the Yuri potential is off the charts. I don't think any of the girls in this are particularly uh, aware of sex <laughs> right now. Not in this con- not in this comic. But I did uh, I did feel like there was flirting, like in more than I expected. Flirting. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But uh, so yeah, Yuri potential off the charts. But that's Toho, baby. Yeah. There was more there was more boys than I expected. One. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the one token man of Gensokyo was yeah. there, it's uh, true. I do appreciate that his job seems to be uh to be put upon. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. You got it in one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that in a man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. We have anything else to say about Toho? I, too much but we'll point, save it i will read more toho manga i'll i'll uh-huh. i would check i might check out a uh i'm pro i'm not very good at shooters but i would i would check out one i don't have the the young hands for this stuff anymore uh, if i was gonna destroy my hands playing a game it wouldn't be a shoot 'em up 
I'm trying to think of like what the there are like other official manga that I think would be fun to to follow up this with. Forbidden Scrollery. That's the one that I was yeah I was blanking on the name, but yeah, Forbidden Scrollery is gorgeous art. And I think like this this I also underestimated how many outfits they would give girls in this one. A wonderful outfit. There's a pool party at the end. It's delightful. Um, but yeah, like there there's some really good. If you can appreciate just like solid manga panel artwork and and you know mm-hmm. cute girls, like I think there's for, something for you. Just hanging out, doing things for basically no reason. <laughs> okay. Well, then when you're a 500 year old vampire, you have to have some interests. Yeah. Uh We also read Game Club because Ben slash I... You started reading it. I, well, yeah, I was reading it because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to do this for an episode uh-huh. at some point. And then Ben was like, now here's your homework for next episode. Don't forget Game Club. And I was like, okay. You were reading it anyway. So I was like, yeah, we might as well talk about it because I uh, like Game Club a lot. This is fantastic this, manga. We have like a funny, uh, you started reading it. You got through like the first game or two because yeah. the, the yeah. structure of it is very like, let's play a game and the game is goofy yeah. very early on. Uh, and then you stopped reading it and I was interested. So I read the whole thing, liked it a lot. And then like six months later, you finally came back to it. Maybe longer. Yeah, I think it. I would have to go check um, when I actually started it. Uh, Paragon, what did you think of Game Club? Um, I enjoyed Game Club. I was kind of surprised how much I enjoyed it because I think typically I'm not huge on slice of life as a genre. Um, I think I'm learning that a lot of that is because I should just read it instead of trying to watch an adaptation. Because like, mm. when you read that type of thing, you can make a lot of what feels drawn out to me in an adaptation like so much snappier. Uh-huh. Um, it's and a I think slice of life, huh? It's a weird slice of life. I think. It it is in the sense that like most of it is kids just kind of faffing around like yeah, inconsequentially, yeah. Um, and what charmed me about this one is like, the way it manages to capture the vibe of retro gaming, like uh-huh. as a like as a sort of an otaku hobby pursuit, despite being a static set of pages in a manga. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What really grabbed me about it was that the women are insane. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yes, but also I feel like I've met them before. Like, oh, yeah, I have I have a friend who is a Beshko, right? Like, Mm -hmm. granted, he's not a woman, but like, you know, the, the way that I think this gets its characters portrayed has enough of a reality to it, even though they're kind of ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so Fen, do you want to describe Game Club? Uh, game Club is about a perfectly normal uh, high school game club with uh, uh, a well, a mix of cute girls and cute boys, and one uh, guy who looks like he has a pension, even though he's like, also <laughs> a high school boy. Um, they uh, th- uh, they make games. In Game Club, they play games, uh, they hang out. Um, we kind of join the story as... 
happens right before they recruit two new members mm-hmm. um who are both first years and are polar opposites uh yeah and uh uh kind of each volume is uh a mix of plot sometimes mm-hmm. and playing games a lot of the time yeah uh and just yeah watching the watching the uh characters kind of ping off one another yeah you could tell this was like released as a like a doujin you know what i mean because it's like very un it's all over the place with what it's trying to do or you know? series of doujins yeah, yeah. yeah um the president is yukina. uh yukina okano yukina uh she's incredible <laughs> she likes weird people <laughs> yeah yeah no the introduction to the two like uh first years being okay okay uh the boy comes first right mm-hmm. uh, oyone who is like this yes man for yukina the president yes comes in and she, he's like i have the perfect new member <laughs> he has a duck he has a rubber duck and he brings it to school every day and a teacher tried to take it away from him and he said it was his sister's memento because she died and never got to go to school and the teacher was so stunned that he gra- and he grabbed the duck and ran away and she's like wow that's crazy what does that have to do with the game club and he's like oh he can draw too and she's like he's perfect let's get him <laughs> and then the other girl is a this like angry girl who gets into fights all the time and uh well, how was she described right she breaks chopsticks in class. Yukino's like, "What? What is? What? Why is that weird?" And she's like, "Sideways, then throws them out." <laughs> that kind of I love this like weird character details. Yes, it's really great. Uh, one of Sua is the uh, yeah Sua uh, is the boy. Uh, one of my favorite details is that anytime he's not in his school uniform, he's wearing a headband. Yeah, yeah, he's the most femboy looking kid. Oh. Someone described him as like uh, a young version of the mom from Spy X Family. I think that was Lauren in our server. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he does mm-hmm. kind of look like that. Yep. Um, I think my favorite stuff mm-hmm. is uh, well, okay, is almost all the president. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's the duality of her, which is um, kind of the the for most of its runtime. Uh, the plot is the Yukina getting Sua and Morishita to make a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, There's some great incidental like jokes about the games that they made. You know what I mean? Yes. Like Angry Cookie King. How angry? Oh, very. Very. <laughs> uh, that is that is probably the best joke in the entire thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Still. Um, but uh, she's kind of forcing them together to make a game. Uh, and uh every time morishita comes to her with like i'm having trouble like kind of nailing down exactly what i want to do and the president just goes on for like pages about like oh well like here's one possibility and just like unfolds an entire game's worth of like story uh and then is like but you should figure it out yourself Morishita will give her, like, a vague impression of rage at society, and then she'll, like, go off on this, like, uh, wild, like, off-the-dome plot about how human beings are the real monster. <laughs> or, or and, like, suicide. and like it's, 
I would play half of the games she describes yes. is the thing, I, right? There's her game, the game that she loves, Night of Madness. I would play the hell out of Night of Madness. <laughs> and like ultimately, this this is a girl who like would have been really into Yume Nikki is the impression I get, right? Like, or that's the model for this. Is it someone who really loves a a sort of dark um retro styled game? Uh-huh. And is like unable to like find that experience again and and is really it's the vibe I get is like this is someone who's trying to recreate that yeah mm-hmm. through yeah, her own yeah. by this like transcendental experience she has with like a weird uh indie game that's kind of like a roguelike dark souls suicide indie game like if you took like moon the rpg uh-huh. and mashed it with dark souls and its whole ethos like you'd get uh-huh. something yeah. a pro and, and then like also just made it a little more like edgy teen uh-huh. violent uh-huh. That's what this game is. Yeah. The like plot thrust of this is that uh, uh, Sua, the boy, gets increasingly convinced that the uh, president is actually insane and is trying to instrumentalize them to murder. (laughs) Like, like build a game that works as an activation phrase to get everyone to like commit suicide. Yeah. Either to commit suicide or to kill. Mm -hmm. Right. They eventually confront her about this and she says, oh, no, I've already given up on that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's so funny oh she's incredible and then uh i guess we're we're gonna spoil this yes yeah yeah uh she forces morishita and sua to like hang out again after like a big blow up morishita gets frustrated with asua's like weird obsession with objects because he's tired of things dying he's like he thinks that objects are eternal so he only loves objects etc etc she steals his duck and throws it into the river he jumps in and appears to drown uh that's where i stopped last night yeah i was I like i told you to stop there this is an incredible manga <laughs> he does not die uh no. but there is like a really incredible like sitting with that where this is, okay, something that I really like about this is that uh, I think Yukina is like uh, someone I would have found really relatable when I was like a high schooler, right? Someone mm-hmm. with like a weird like death and murder fascination, couldn't can't quite let it go, but wouldn't actually like wouldn't when she's actually faced with death, she has she breaks down, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, mm-hmm. oh wait, no, this is real and it's scary. You know what I mean? Uh, so I find I find that really charming about uh, the characters here. Is like there's this like sh- Yukina will like talk about school shootings with a smile on her face. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then when like uh, a friend is actually in trouble, she's like totally frozen up about it, and she's like relieved to relieved both that he survives and that life can go on even if things change. Right? Yes. Even if he had died, things would have gone on. But like. Um, uh, yeah, I think that the ending is really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, the the chapter where she is like sleepless in her room. Uh-huh. Uh trying to like escape into video games but finding that it's just not working because like life life is too real in this moment. Uh-huh. Um uh yeah, it it that moment is like there are a lot of really good great pages that are just like no text Mm -hmm. it's just a series of panels yeah um i really like the art style of this it's very weird it's it's more like a like a dome and salmon thing than not you know yeah yeah um yeah and it's just a really fun 
um that's a really fun uh or yeah yeah it's very pretty in Mm -hmm. in those moments when it's just like oh yeah this is yeah (laughs) just like uh there's some great shots of like people walking along the river looking for the dock Uh not saying anything um there's a great shot early on when uh mo- or earlier on where morishita is like going to confront the president about her so, like the rumor that she's trying to get them to murder people and it's just like three panels of this like long dark hallway that morishita is like moving down just a, just like a real like fun uh way of drag of using comics to like drag out small things in a mm-hmm. way that like gives weight to what comes next mm-hmm Weird this, comic. The, weird comic, but also, like, there's something in, in how these characters are written and portrayed that I alluded to earlier, where, like, it's the first comic in a while where my initial reaction was like, oh, I should make a tag yourself meme yeah. with all of the characters in this comic, because there is a way that the president was relatable that I, like, kind of didn't expect. But then, like, yeah. the more it was going through, it was just like, oh, I, like, I get this vibe, right? I get uh-huh. being, like, into downer media in a way that... Uh-huh you you can't really just talk about right without sounding a little off but then mm-hmm. uh, like other things just aren't gonna hit that vibe the same way um and like yeah, how do like, you creatively she, like, get through that she like drags it into reality in an interesting way too like the part where she's like have you ever held a knife no <laughs> not like that with the intent to stab someone i have <laughs> I love uh, that shit. I love it. You know. But I'm then, like, also, we learn, like, clearly she hasn't, right? Like that, uh-huh. or there like, to me, is so yeah. Knife, but she says immediately, like, I couldn't, I couldn't actually bring myself to hurt anyone, right? Right. You don't actually want to hurt anyone. Like, it's like, uh, it's yeah, it's this like teen death fascination, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a big, big line between being fascinated with death and murder, and like how that's kind of exciting and sexy uh and then actual death and murder in real life which is terrible and horrible and scary mm-hmm. yeah we'll get to kotomine kire later yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah ben you have any other thoughts about game club um i think it's just like a very funny read yeah also yeah it's like it's um, got weird weird stuff going on in the back half but it's also just a uh, very entertaining to watch them play these like terrible terrible games where even like her like oh the other thing is the president sucks at video games so she makes all the games they make too easy that that part was hilarious and then she lets uh and then uh, she makes these like Beshko just like uh make the most devilish and hellish levels not fun this is like beshko makes the kind of games uh, the kind of levels that you would get to in mario maker and you would just throw like throw your controller down and not play mario maker again for like weeks oh uh-huh. yeah because it's not even like a fun challenge it's like tedious like i can't even tell if i'm going forward anymore kind of shit <laughs> um but yes 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 and also uh she puts like wild uh like grim fan like stories into all of her games even they're like tetris alike is about like a world that was swallowed by a black hole and the demons of hell are trying to like dig the the corpses of humans out of like a block Uh (laughs) uh-huh incredible like no notes right this is this is the spirit of dojin games to me right and and this is someone who who wanted to make a dojin comic up that 
started out with that and then I think through that process started ruminating on like who are the types of people that would even make these games to begin with. Yes. Uh-huh. Weirdos. I have a, I have a real kinship with weirdos. So I clearly belong in this community, right? Like that's one of those yes. things, right? Cause, cause in some ways, right. This is Toho, right? Like Toho is, uh-huh. is a game that would fit in with something like this. Like, I don't think it's quite as dark, right. But like you're, you go to many different kinds of hell in Toho, mm-hmm. right. And like, it's all kind of this vague, weird thing. And this, this is a manga that, that clearly understands and appreciates like that culture right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. love it very fun very fun uh i would play the heck out of um uh whatever it is the the, night of madness night of madness night of madness is great i would wear i would wear a mad moon yes (laughs) oh the mad moon is so yeah definitely great you should consider if you haven't played moon the rpg i've played a chunk of it i've been meaning to play the rest of it we should play that together yeah because I would. Uh, the beginning of Moon uh, is so timing tight that I found that very frustrating. And then it immediately yeah. opens up, but uh, I did not like. I was like, okay, I think I'm through the worst of this. And then I just didn't get back to it yet. I do. I do think that like between. I need to play Yume Nikki still. I, I think that's one of the games that 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 those panels were probably modeled on. Yeah. But if I had to pick another one, like there's a lot of Moon in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moon's maybe a uh, uh, gentler. Moon is a, a more positive, uh, optimistic uh-huh. experience for sure, right? Uh, I t- Yume Nuki is also one of the big like gaps in my knowledge. Yes. Um. um uh, right. The other thing. If I we wanna... did a tag yourself meme, would all of us just pick the president? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> would we all just pick Probably. Yukina? Like I definitely before I came on this pod, I was gonna pick Yukina. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it, it's gotta be Yukina. It's gotta be Yukina. <laughs> like realistically, I'm probably one of the boring boys in the back, right? Right, but like yeah. this is a bit where they're like, "Are you? What do you really like to Yukina?" And she's just like, she says everything with a smile. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. She's like, "I'm like this ninety percent of the day, so this is ninety percent of me. Isn't that enough?" <laughs> Great, <sighs> Great stuff. High high recommendation from that. Yes um right one last thing i want to say is it's really good the ways in which like all of their games are pixel art uh but it sometimes they are drawn that way and other times they just kind of devolve into it's really more fluid loose, lines like approximation of pixel art it's really charming i yes. think they're like a, bl- a blurry and vaguely square you know yes. uh-huh oh this is also, there are other things called Game Club out there. This is the one by Imitation Crystal, I think, is the Dojin group name. Yeah. Uh, so if you have trouble finding it, I was Googling for the characters and it took a little bit because there's like, I don't know, some anime. The, anime the, this is not this is not the uh, the controversial uh, VTuber collective is as featured in hit anime series Virtual Sun is looking. Okay. Yeah. No. That is a that. different game club. <laughs> You'll know it when you see it because these they they are recognizably they don't really look like anime characters. <laughs> I guess it has the it has. Oh God! Now I'm blanking on what the Shaft art school anime was. 
Oh, oh, oh um, Hitamati sketch. I've been reading Hitamati sketch. Hitamati sketch is fantastic. It's got more Hitamati sketch energy in the art than yeah. than anything else. Like, it has the energy of when Hitamati sketch girls uh like faces extend and like stretch out and their eyes like get simplified. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the cute chibi versions of them. That's more. That's closer to what it's like. Hitamati sketch rules. Hitamari sketch is incredible. The anime is great. I'm re- the manga is also fantastic. <laughs> okay. Is that the end of your ET time? How long have we been going? 116. That's a short your ET time. Short your ET time, or is that like average? I I want to say it's par. Yeah. I look Ten at the timestamps. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Peregrine. Yes. Who's your favorite Toho? Oh God. Oh my that. God. This I I did realize I did think about this while I was on break. Um, probably Kotiasanai. Who doesn't feature in Silent Center in Blue, but is in... How do I spell this? S-A-N-A-E. Oh, okay. That was the last name, too. She is the, like, Luigi. This is green hair. To Reimu. Um, my favorite ship is also Reimu with this girl. I feel um, like, okay, I definitely must have seen her before, but she is not familiar to me in the same way that most uh, most Toho girls are, of the Toho she, girls we've seen so far are. She's definitely, yeah. like, not as popular as the, like, the, so the Scarlet Devil Mansion girls are, like, far and away the ones that get the most mm-hmm. fan attention and, like, Dojin work and all this other stuff, like Romelia and, and Sakuya and all them, right? Um... Sanai is up there. Like, I think her cohort 
is pretty high. Sanai is great. She has two moms who are very powerful. One of whom is like a, a little frog girl in a little frog hat. Uh-huh. Um, the other of whom is like very big and strong and scary. The, por- and, the like yeah. portraits of girls from the official games are so cute. Uh-huh. They have like this awkwardness to them that is really charming. Oh, it's so like the Zune art trajectory is definitely like one of the most charming things. This man is not an artist. <laughs> no. no <I laughs> but he tries. I, that's beautiful is the thing. All right, Fen, what was yours? Because you had a good answer. Fondare. Oh, flat, yeah, flat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know this one. I've seen pictures of her. I recognize her. Her wings are cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard not to make her look cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, like, weird diamond wings or weird gem wings is just... It's a great, uh, great detail. She's, like, also far and away the most popular theme... Mm-hmm. Um, which is a big deal in Toho. Yeah, she's like won the overall character popularity poll before, I think. Wow. Fancy. Is she a vampire? Yeah. Yes. Oh, she's uh, uh Raymond no Ramilla. Uh, she's Ramilia's sister, sister. Who they keep locked in the basement because she's too destructive to let out. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. I would also like to be locked in a basement because I'm too destructive. I like you, Cotty.
that this is like I have so oh cool yeah experience that I'm that I'm like oh yeah this girl's cool. Mm-hmm. Yukari is rancid in the best ways. Yeah, I like her power, her like weird powers. Mm-hmm. Have you seen her like in the fighting games? Like, there's a couple official Toho fighting games. Huh? No, I have not. And like, because her power is opening gaps to places, like they get very creative with a lot of her animation. Anyway, a, a, a core feature of her skill set is throwing subways through gaps. <laughs> Yeah, I like the horrible eyes that pop up when she opens doors. Mm-hmm. Gaps. Uh, wait, she's the one with the Kitsune familiar? Yes. Uh, and her page is enormous on this Toho wiki. Yeah. Oh, she's in a lot. She's a she's one of the heavy players in, like, moving things behind the scenes, as as was true in Silence Inner and Blue, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Ron, her Shikigami Ron is also quite popular. Like mm-hmm. Toby Fox shouted her out in his recent Zune collaboration Toho music appearance. Mm-hmm. Shout outs. Which like bizarre. What a timeline <laughs> for Peregrine specifically. We live in strange worlds. Um yeah, I just shout outs to Ron for having a bunch of tails. <laughs> yeah, shout outs to girls who have a lot of tails. Okay, are we ready to actually talk about the thing that we are here to talk about? <sighs> if we have to. <laughs> okay, Peregrine, the last time you were here was for the maid roots of Tsukihime. Yes, it's yes. true. Wow, I love the maid roots of Tsukihime so much more than Fate Zero. I love one particular... We get, we get, I get to feast at least once in this episode, and I'm going to hold uh-huh. on to that. Uh-huh. There... Um. <laughs> yeah... Yeah. Peregrine, you are our official uh, boys love correspondent. Which is like ironic because I definitely do not like I do not read boys love. Like I do not seek out <laughs> that content, right? Is, like boys love is also wrong to describe what zero is. This is old it is old man yaoi besides uh whatever's going on with waiver and that doesn't classify as easily. 
I love it when like the the machinations of deeply shitty people can be tied to repressed emotional like affection for Catholicism. It just hits it just hits different. <laughs> <laughs> you are okay, okay. Here's I'm pinning this down. You are Catholic Yowie. <laughs> 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 What I just think when Judas and Jesus kiss in that brief moment, you know, it's, it's <laughs> they were cooking something. You know? <laughs> Let him cook. <laughs> All right. We start with possibly the worst description of a car I've ever read. Urubuchi wants to fuck that car so bad. Uh, Eerie is driving a car that is shaped like a beautiful woman, mm -hmm. but has oh. the, the heart of a lion or something in it. Mm -hmm. Heart of a wild beast. If this was a metaphor for her fucking saber, that would be great, but no. Yeah, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh... I can't tell if it, if it, I think it's funny that Eerie can't drive, or if I think it's, haha, women can't drive. You know what I mean? It can be both. <laughs> it's, it's a little both. The anime scene is very funny because you get to watch Saber just sweat while Eerie, like, almost kills them over and over again. Uh, the, okay, the, it is, it is ridiculous that Saber suggests hi them hiring a driver and then, like, three lines later, the book is like, ah, yes, but Saber has the riding skill, yeah, right, which right. makes it, uh, like, yeah, which she uses to stop the car? <laughs> she uses to understand the brake pedal? <laughs> I mean, she uses, she uses her riding skill to stop the car in a way that doesn't result in them flipping over and dying. <laughs> sure. Uh, right, because they have to stop the car because Caster appears. Uh, Caster, uh, loudly does his, like, oh, uh, Saber is Jean, et cetera, et cetera, and he says that his name is Guy de Ray, hmm. the French, uh, general who fought alongside Jean of Arc and then, uh, uh, murdered a bunch of kids. I did look, th look this up. There's apparently some, like, impossible to prove, d uh, like, maybe he didn't actually do this and it was a frame job by the church in the same way that they, uh, took down Jean of Arc. Because hmm. there's a thing where it's like the secular courts are like, oh, he may have killed some kids and he confesses to killing some kids and the church says he killed 500 plus children. <laughs> so I, I do like it, I think, oh God, I had such a weird arc like reading this for the first time when I was younger and being like horrified by everything described and then like figuring out that detail Mm -hmm. And being like, that seems more plausible than someone actually being this, like, abhorrently evil. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, this sounds like a thing the church would do to, like, yeah. justify just offing a political rival. They I mean, also... In, uh, the, in, the 15, in the 1500s, who hadn't killed a couple of kids, <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, both, it's totally... It's one of those things completely impossible to prove either way it's too long ago you know what i mean but mm -hmm. also they did let him get buried in like the notre dame like uh graveyard and that seems like something that you would if you were religious trade a confession for if you knew you were going to be executed anyway mm -hmm. anyway here he's an insane child murdering pedophile uh obsessed with jean yeah so <laughs> 
when he introduces himself, Saber says, I'm honor bound to give you my name back, which I hate. <laughs> this is okay. First book, Saber is like vaguely recognizable as the character from Stay Night. Uh, this book is really like, this is just a different character. I know. It's like when Ilya was like, my servant is Heracles. <laughs> That you know from Greek mythology, Saber didn't say, "Well, I am honor bound to tell you that I am King Arthur." Yes. <laughs> mm. uh, Saber doesn't know anything about Guy today because uh, question mark. Uh, oh, right. They say something about how, like, because she's an, not a real servant, she's like missing data on the present, but she seems to get along just fine normally so it's like a weird throwaway detail i don't understand why they're like oh she doesn't know about Gita. they just they really want to just make saber ineffectual right that yeah. like so much of the detail here just doesn't hold water it's a way to just uh -huh. make saber less capable than she genuinely should okay. be here's the thing uh if i could if i could make one change yeah just one uh, change to zero i think i would make saber prototype saber which is to say oh. in, in this just like no yeah it's normal king arthur <laughs> he's a boy uh and i think that, that would have so many knock-on effects for it's really fun for the parts it of would this. it would make this an actual subversion instead of just misogynistic to me yeah uh -huh. yeah okay okay i mean there are probably other changes that would yeah, the one but... change that i would make if i could change one thing about zero is i would make it so that that gun weighed exactly the same as Ilya. <laughs> not less or whatever more more it was more okay uh caster is upset that saber doesn't believe him that she is actually john mark <laughs> and then disappears and then uh saber is like i would have lost that fight <laughs> so it's good that he left yeah okay um Assassin is spying on them. We get a couple assassins playing rock, paper, scissors over who gets to tell Kotamine what's going on. Uh, and then we get a grotesque, awful scene of Uryu, the serial killer, doing some, like, gross, like, guru shit with a child. Uh, this sucks. They, it like, sucks. They, like, cut this down, uh, the, like, weird, like, like, horniness of it a lot in the anime. It's still... The anime is like a bunch of crucified children still, which is pretty yeah. Like, and I actually, when I watched this, that had itself been edited out. Like a lot of the broadcast version, which is what I had originally seen uh -huh. that like I recommended to people because I had seen like part of why I recommended it, it was like, well, you know, the, the stuff I remember hating in the light novel most was all of this torture porn mm -hmm. yeah. sequencing. Because it's like, it's not important, right? Like, you know that these guys are comically evil. Like, you can look up the joke. If you really want to know, like, Gidore has a Wikipedia page. Like, you can find yeah. what you need to know from that. And it, in many ways, I think, works better as horror to leave it to the legend. Uh-huh. And so, like, I, I remember recommending this to someone who I think was, like, sensitive to, like, children being harmed. And then they, like, got really upset. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, they never show any of this. Because you don't even know it's kids in the broadcast uh -huh. version and then i watched the like netflix version and i was like oh this sucks like you uh-huh like completely unnecessary yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's 
Blu-rays do two things. One is make stuff more gory, and two is make stuff way more horny. Uh-huh. And it's really a coin flip as to... I mean, you know what type of show you're getting. So. Yeah. Uh, and I also think, like, compared to true crime... So, like, there is an adjacency to a lot of this with, like, what I don't like with true crime and, like, mm-hmm. sort of the fascination with serial killers there. And I think, like, it's trying to tap into that energy. Mm-hmm. But, like... The difference is, I know that Urobuchi doesn't want to fuck this guy. Like, I can tell. Like, there's nothing even remotely sensual with it in a way that would make it, like... I w- it wouldn't be for me, but I would appreciate it more, you know? Like, this is you're it. just thinking about death in an interesting way and, like, have no better vector to, like, explain it. This is just, like, how do we upset an audience? Mm-hmm. This is... Going going back to Game Club, the like video game violence fascination thing is like I I think that uh, murder can be uh, cool and sexy in media, and true crime is like oh and it really happened, and I'm like oh I am checking the fuck out. I can Are you kidding me? I cannot give this the time of day. You know, terrible. Uh, yeah, terrible, terrible shit. Like I would take zero over any true crime anything ever. Oh my god. This is a this is a sidebar. I'm sorry about this, but when I worked at the Gene Siskel Film Center, we got a second run of the My Friend Dahmer movie, uh, which is like a like a fun like teen Dahmer like uh, biopic thing, and we got so many of these like just an awful crowd of like twenty somethings who want to fuck a serial killer, and they were just miserable to interact with and have to like serve uh, and rude to the staff and just like bad in every way like hyped up on real life murders gross disgusting it like it really and like it makes people parrot like i know people who have been into true crime and they're always the ones who are just like not that this is a bad thing to do but they're like i am gonna go on a date with someone i'm giving you my like emergency contact info and like a timeline for and i'm just like you are so paranoid because of your consumption of all of this media. <laughs> like, yeah. uh-huh. like it's 1 p.m. on a weekday in a crowded area. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, sure, I'll help you do this, but also like come on. Let's let's yeah. be real. <laughs> yeah, anyway, 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 anyway. Casters, like, I have to prove that God doesn't exist or isn't meaningful to jean so that she turns back into jean and he murders some kid and is like we have to butcher like so many kids and Uri is like i like to have my fun and they oh. go back and forth about this. well okay there is a Isn't funny it... bit where caster like tries to convince him that uh capitalism has spoiled his sense yes. of like rianosuke you've been poisoned too deeply by this capitalist society living in this era it's inevitable for you to have such thoughts but you need to know that for nobles waste is a virtue <laughs> he's not wrong that is how nobility works yeah yep there is uh. a way that like the goofiness of these two again i think like the broadcast version works better for me because it takes out the like hyper fixation on the grossness of what they do and makes it more campy like phantom of the opera style villainy Uh uh-huh because it's like yeah that guy kills people but like it's it's just so comically over the top and Mm -hmm. that changes for me a lot of like like i wish it could just have let itself be that more instead of trying to make me terrified the thing is that zero is too self-serious to have fun with this and make it fun you know what i mean 
Mm-hmm. It's like it's taking itself so seriously at all turns that it's just like the the anime benefits from a lack of zoom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're not mm-hmm. going to get the description of what Udi was doing to a kid in the anime. We are going to see some like very horrible things, but it's going to go by pretty quick and you can kind of just move on. Yeah, like there's another framing where I actually like these like and I think the 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 voice performances are quite good. And I think like if you had put them in a less self-serious context, yeah. yes. I could have been sold on them, you know? This is the thing <laughs> is that yes. Uh Caster is extremely a cartoon character, yeah. but in a show that is like wants to take him very seriously. Uh-huh. Um I yeah, I'll I'll talk about it when we get to yeah. Act 7, but Mm-hmm. I've been reading something recently that made me think a lot about the like how 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 and if you need to depict abuse mm-hmm. in order to tell a story. And... Yeah. So they have eleven more kids in the storage shed, and he's got to go kill them all now. Act five dash two. That was Act five dash one. Oh right, I should have put down a marker for Act five. Oh, well. Uh, we get a uh, Urobuchi talking about how cool Hyatt ho- hotels are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we also get some uh pov from kenneth l malloy who is uh i had this like i wrote down oh he's kind of racist huh and then i was like oh he's really racist <laughs> yeah. huh? he says some things about japanese people huh uh i yeah uh i think that this section is good like it is very characterful narration uh-huh. from mm. from just a little bit is like oh yeah i get who this guy is uh-huh <laughs> um uh yeah so he is like a a a prodigy uh everything in life has always been handed to him basically because he's very talented and etc etc uh and he thinks that everything bad that's ever happened to him is waiver's fault which is a really funny thing for a teacher (laughs) to to think uh type moon adults love to beef with children (laughs) it's true yeah yeah and i think like a lot of this to me i did end up enjoying the anime performance of kenneth more because mm-hmm. I thought this this one went too long. Like I think, yeah, yes. Waver uh, like Kenneth to me works better if you just leave it. No one with that haircut isn't racist. I don't need you to like <laughs> give me the excruciating detail on how racist this guy is. Like I can tell, uh, you know. Like, <laughs> I literally, I I think my next note is okay, but like, can we move on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's got like a weird reedy voice in the performance of the anime too that I think is good. Oh, El Malloy is a title, by the way. His name is Kenneth Archibald. We may have already gotten that, but El Malloy is like a... Yeah. We'll, we'll Archibald is that. such a good... That's the new egghead for me. I'm just going to call people Archibald when they're being... Uh, <laughs> in the same way that... Uh, uh, the girl, Sion. Oh, Sion. Yeah. Uh, Sion also gets the title of... Uh, like, at... Alasia, when she's oh, granted right, right, yeah. the like, um, yeah, yeah. when she becomes Eltonum the successor, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. This is and like we we learn in, in other stuff that is more interesting. This is this is also part of why I don't like this segment. Is like Urabuchi is not as interested in mage society to me as as Nasu and other writers are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a shame. I really like. Uh-huh. I do like it when he brings it up. Like, I think it's some of the more interesting stuff in Fate Zero, but I do think he's he's so fixated on describing the haughtiness mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, the society that engenders the haughtiness. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Kenneth is yeah. 
Canis can't do anything to waver because they're here. So he's yelling at Lancer instead. He's taking it out on Lancer. And then a smoking hot babe comes into the room. Uh, <laughs> yeah. God, the way that women are described in this. This is, uh, I have, this name is going to be difficult. <laughs> Sola ui nuadare Sofiari. Hell of a name. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, she's the daughter of the head of the dar- department of uh, Ulyphsis. And she is Kenneth's fiance in a like political marriage, basically. Mm-hmm. She's got red hair, and she's like a ice queen, haughty like girl. You know what I mean? Red hair, and she's got that female model walk cycle. Yeah. <laughs> God, the like, there's like a sh- a shot of her crotch as she approaches. <laughs> so she has an older brother who inherited the family's magic crest but she's a pretty talented mage despite that and it's like a big it's a big thing you know if, especially if you're like looking at it from a magic eugenic standpoint which Kaneth definitely is so they're mm. gonna have strong magic babies or whatever it's gonna be it's a big hit with the fascists you know right and like we've established that that's also like rin's dad i mean you know uh-huh oh yeah yeah he's a, he's a creep May just love eugenics. <laughs> now, she's also uh, uh, a ball best buster type. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's giving Kaneth a hard time, and he's really actually in love with her. So he kind of just sits there and takes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because she, she jumps in to defend Lancer, and then eventually, once uh, Lancer is like, that's enough, woman, and she just shuts the fuck up because she clearly has a thing for Lancer. Yeah, uh, the this sucks. Uh, this wh- sucks. Are you kidding me? This whole thing sucks. It's so goofy. There's a line where Kaneth is like, "Oh, I saw a look in her eyes that I've never seen before." It's like, just, I don't need this. again. There, again, it's sort of like with Vionosuke and Caster. Like, there's a way you could write this campier that I would mm-hmm. be sold on. Mm. But it's yeah. so it it's so it's, it's farcical. Like it's it's just a f- a farcical thing and should be celebrated as such. And instead, it's like it just loses. And like I think a lot of this to me is it's like if we compare Lancer in this to Lancer in Fate Stay Night, I think that is a reasonable comparison that should be made because they're coming out wow. of a similar kind of like mythological backing. They're right? So, There's differences. They're like they're both Irish heroic spirits who use the same type of spear. And are like, uh, and one of them would like together. One of them would still be like, one of them would still be a knight and like defense. You know, do a lot of the actions here, but like have some sense of awareness, right? Like, or or like one of a character, (laughs) right? Yeah, a knight in the historical sense of knights are like uh big dirty guys who do a lot of killing. You know what I mean? And uh, Demerit is a knight in the storybook sense of like, oh, he's so beautiful and noble and sexy and powerful. and Like, it's the sort of thing where it's like, oh, this is like a straight man being like, this is what women like, right? Like, that's the vibe uh-huh. to me of mm-hmm. Dirimwid in a way that like, just bumps me out a little. Is, have we? Uh, sleeping with other people's wives. Yeah, we did. Kind of what we did talk about for, yeah. his mole that like well, magically captures. Uh, which is this is the actual thing is that NTR is nothing but funny when it's head. Yeah. <laughs> Guy who can't stop fucking other people's wives should be the funniest thing on earth. And yes, yet. yes. Which, which to to Peregrine's point, if this was played as a joke or like uh so heightened as to be goofy. 
I think it would land better uh-huh. than, oh, but it's like so serious and mm-hmm. look at this group of three that is like being torn apart by. Based on what we've said so far, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that this has been my favorite chunk of zero. Uh, <laughs> we've been pretty hard. Okay, okay, okay. Sola has given Kanet some real good criticism. She's like. You stood there and watched instead of going down there and killing uh, Saber's master, which mm-hmm. you totally could have done before things broke bad for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because he has a huge advantage. She is acting as the battery for Deemweird. He has his full magical energy. Uh, he has the command spells, though. So it's not quite a uh, Kiritsugu uh, eerie pretending to be the master situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kaneth is like, Solo should be resistant to his brainwashing mole, but what if she doesn't want to resist it? Et cetera, et cetera. And then someone arsons the hotel. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, if I was given the choice between Kaneth and Lancer, you know, I would pick Lancer. Like, let's <laughs> let's be real here. He's he's a bland boy, but he is pretty. <laughs> this is this is like. Oh, yes, I would also take being shot in the foot over shot in the head, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, neither of them is. I, d- I do enjoy that, like, eventually, I think Diarmuid gets to loosen up a little and some stuff. And, like, he's still not my favorite, but it is fun to kind of get him in a more of a himbo state. The true mm-hmm. state that all knights should occupy IMO. <laughs> Including Saber. Absolutely. So- Kaneth is like, they're trying to come in here and get us. Well, too bad. I've, like, enchanted 24 floors of this hotel, but not the whole thing. (laughs) And I've summoned a host of evil ghosts to protect us. They're going to come in and get their asses kicked. Uh, And then uh, Kiritsuku blows up the building, which is very... (laughs) It it is a very funny... What happens to all those evil ghosts? That's a, that's a good question. Um, yeah, Kiritsugu didn't, uh, because he's gone soft, this is like him, he's gone soft thing. He set the fire so that everyone would evacuate, and he hypnotized a bellboy into thinking that, uh, he was Kaneth and and his wife, (laughs) so that they would check him off the list and not go in after him, uh, and then he blew up the building. And then he sees a sad kid with a sad mom, and he's like, I left my child... And get sad. If we uh, didn't have this sad kid moment, I think I could describe this just cleanly as like my favorite thing Kiritsugu has done so far. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is just so, it's just such a drain on everything he does. It's like, I am capable of understanding that he is sad. <laughs> yes. Without him constantly seeing a child with a balloon advertisement on the Hallmark channel and crying. <laughs> because also it's a Hyatt. Like, you don't gotta feel bad for a kid who's evacuating a Hyatt. <laughs> you know? Like, it's... Like, if you actually think about it, this is a pretty, like, all things considered, victimless crime, right? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and And I like that, right? Like, like, I think that's, like, this is cool in that way, right? Like, it's... You found a loophole that, like, causes relatively low collateral. Mm-hmm. And, like, they have this such loving description of the explosion, like, the demolition process. Like, that, to me, is the funny part of this, is, like, how much Urobuchi just, like, 
loves, loves watching YouTube videos of buildings being demolished, which like, yeah, kind of same. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's a cool yeah. process. There, there was a moment where I was like, of course, Kuritsugu is like so cool and good at this that he did this perfectly. And I was like, no, wait, wait, wait. Buildings do get demolished sometimes. Yeah. This is like a physical thing possibility yeah no and it's like it totally the the idea that uh mages have never considered technology whatsoever i think this is very silly but a mage not wanting to leave their their like stronghold and not considering that someone would blow the building up from underneath them yeah that works that that part of it works yeah well and and like it it, and i think it also establishes too that like kanith you know built his death trap along the path a mage would walk to reach his thing Mm-hmm. buildings are probably not demolished like he doesn't know how a building is demolished yes like he wouldn't fortify the, and like that to me like the the subtlety of sort of like establishing that ignorance mm-hmm. that's the strength of of a scene like this and like yeah. i do genuinely like that mm-hmm. and and i will say especially in the anime the little like phone call sequence and the like that's cool as hell <laughs> like, uh-huh. I, I thought that was really cool <laughs> One of those classic dudes rock moments. Uh-huh. Like, that was fun action movie level stuff. Now, Maya is watching to make sure Kaneth doesn't escape from the scaffolding of the shopping center that one day we will get Caster, like, collapsed on the ground crying <laughs> in front of Shiro in Hollow Ataraxia. Um, and then... <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Yeah. Now it's now it's unfair. That shopping, that shopping center. Oh god. Oh god. I, hadn't, I hadn't considered that's the shopping center where they're gonna play oh. Tiger Dojo the movie. <laughs> Peregrine, you you still haven't finished Hollow Out. I have not. I have not finished Peregrine. Hollow. Hollow it's a brutal and merciless take on love. Hollowraxia is like one of my favorite type moon things now. Uh, it really is incredible. You need to get you need to get more Avenger, and you need to see Tiger Dojo the movie. I this I have I have so many questions that I know I should not ask. So yes, no, uh, I I definitely it, intend to. We've said it before on this podcast. Avenger is our boy. <laughs> Avenger is our boy, and also Hollow Ataraxia has like the funniest possible Tsukihime cameos in the world. This is dangerous though because if I if I do read it before they do the rerun or before the Bazet release in FCO, I'm kind of doomed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Where are we? Where? Are we? All right, Maya. Maya yes. And then Kotamine shows up to kick her ass. Uh, he can dodge bullets. <laughs> Kotamine is so funny. He is. Like I a, love Kotamine. He's like a DC <laughs> supervillain at this point. You know, Kotamine is the campy like. If anyone in Fate Zero is the kind of campy villain that I want, it's Kotomine. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. He's like Jason, you know what I mean? They're like unload. He's like Michael Myers. They're unloading bullets into him, and he just keeps coming at them with super strength. Uh, black keys are always cool, by the way. Yes. Like, what if Albert Wesker was Catholic? That's <laughs> Kotomine. <laughs> uh, we've got, have we gotten before that the blade is insubstantial in a black key? I think. I think we've heard that before. Still a cool detail. You just carry around a bunch of the little handles and then you magically make a sword out of it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's one of those things that like... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Just every time a black key shows up or like specifically the like doing the Wolverine claws with it. I'm like, hell Hell yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
it's it's always the type of thing that like when I read it in a novel like Fate's Day Night, I'm sort of like, did I really understand how this works? Is it actually like what I think is happening? Mm-hmm. And like UFO Table animating it and Fate's Day was like, yes, a thousand percent. It is like the best exactly. version of what I had hoped. <laughs> so he was expecting Kiritsugu to be here because he didn't know that Kiritsugu had backup. He's getting mad about it. He wants to capture Maya and make her talk. Kiritsugu throws a grenade 150 <laughs> meters into the air right to his his position and then she escapes and then an assassin shows up to tell them about caster or whatever mm-hmm. act 5-3 kotamine is reporting to tokiomi about uh caster uh, a lot of people reporting things to people who then report them to other people who then report them to other people and zero there's a there's so much of kotamine talking like Tokiomi gets very little screen time. He's just... It's because he's not interesting at all. Sitting in his basement, uh, listening to reports that Kotomine gives him, I guess. Honestly, I think I would rather listen to, like, uh, like, uh, Kiritsugu cries for 20 minutes, like, YouTube video, than listen to uh, Tokiomi, because Tokiomi's just got nothing going on. Mm -hmm. I'm not... This is not a criticism, it is just, like, an observation that, um... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, also, trans- translation moment. Tokiomi keeps calling Caster and Uryu jerks. <laughs> I did not. Very funny. That out. So, yes, Tokiomi, classic mage behavior. He's like, it's not a problem that they're murdering children. It's a problem that they're doing it loudly with magic. So, uh, big Kotamine, Kotamine's dad, is like, okay, we're going to offer a bounty uh, so that everyone hunts down Caster. And we'll offer them a reward, and yeah, that'll that'll deal with it, because we, more so than the Holy Grail War, we need to keep this situation under control. But also, they don't want anyone else to get the reward, so they're going to contrive a situation where Gil gets to kill Caster anyway. Uh... So that Tokiomi can get the command, the the well, the the reward is going to be a bonus command spell. Yeah. Uh, then Tokiomi's like, "Hey, Kotomine, did you leave the church for some reason?" And Kotomine's like, "Uh, yeah. Uh, not for any important reason. Don't worry about it. I was just doing a little little thing." And Tokiomi's like, "Don't do that. It's like really bad for our plan." And Kotomine's like. Oh, I definitely won't while thinking I'm going to do totally do that again, like, real soon. Now, Kotomine goes to his room and he finds Gil sexily lounging on the couch. <laughs> this is, uh, I kind of, like, uh, read through this scene and thought it was fine in the, um, in the light, uh, in the novel, not light novel, uh, and then when we got to the anime i was like oh it's this scene oh shit this scene's great <laughs> yes uh th- we yeah incredible kotomine fact is that he collects rare wines <laughs> he collects very expensive very good wines that doesn't he doesn't drink because yeah. he's catholic <laughs> okay catholics can drink right like well, he's, a, he's a priest <laughs> and like he thinks that uh indulging in things is uh yeah. like sinful well, you know what i mean okay. right indulging which like purchasing things. expensive things is an indulgence right so yes, like the, yes. the detail and, uh, is that he's so funny that's such a funny detail yes like it's funny because like he's basically doing this incredibly indulgent thing mm-hmm. 
knowing that he is like denying other people the pleasure of indulgence right uh-huh, like that's uh-huh. that's what drives him to do this if you read yeah. between uh-huh. the lines yeah because he's a bastard <laughs> yeah uh gil has popped the cork on many of these wines and has been drinking them and it's like whoa man this, this fucking rules you got a great wine <laughs> you got good taste bud this is the first time we've seen gil be nice to anyone i think uh yeah gil agrees with us tokiomi incredibly boring they have a fun conversation where kotamina and gil agree that reaching the root is like the most pointless goal you could ever have <laughs> like it is truly like academia for academia's sake uh-huh uh-huh uh, i mean you and- do get uh superpowers out of it so i can't say it's completely pointless but well what or yes i guess that is true mm-hmm. uh i think that the specifically the but also way you that wish for whatever you want yes. with the grail so it seems like kind of they're like the way they frame it is that it's like about reaching the outside of the world which can't really in- interface with the inside of the world so if you care about the inside of the world you the outside does nothing for you gills like i can't conquer the existence of the the outside of the world i can conquer this world mm-hmm. so i don't care about the rest um it's it sorry go ahead uh no just for me it's like the way that the tosakas always frame it is reaching the root yes not like oh we want this sorcery yes we we know that reaching the root gives you a sorcery right yeah yeah we we've we've talked about uh heaven's field right yes yes it's like oh yeah it's not we want materialization of the soul or Mm -hmm. it's not we want like dimensional control Mm -hmm. the way that the the jeweled sword gives rent it's we want to reach the root and that in and of itself is a goal uh-huh uh-huh it's Which, i yeah. i i do it's think cool. that like it's what's interesting that set up like this in the novel and like what i wish again this is where like i can intuit that nasu is more interested in certain things than Urobuchi is like there's a line in here about how the church as a body thinks that reaching the root is not an interesting goal yeah. mm-hmm. which I find interesting because like a religious body that like believes a doctrine that has very strong views about things like the afterlife like to me like normally you would have strong views about something like this and like the fact that they don't makes me think that like it's not even it's like they don't think it's real is I think a part of this yeah they have faith that's intuited right man and they so like the to try they you know they already tried to reach heaven once it's the tower of babel <laughs> right like they they got uh the reason the holy church exists is to kill monsters <laughs> and make sure that people stay catholic <laughs> mm-hmm. right yeah this is the whole thing about kotamine is he's basically there to to kill anything that doesn't agree with the church's teachings yes. Uh, there's a funny bit where Kotamina calls Tokiomi ultra right wing. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So Kotamine says that Tokiomi is the only one who's doing this for the sake of doing it. Everyone else has mm-hmm. material wishes. And Gil says, oh, that sounds a lot more fun. Uh, why don't you use Assassin to find out what other people's wishes are? Because they're bound to be more interesting than whatever Tokiomi's got planned. And then he asks Kotamine about his wish. Kotamine does his whole I have no wish thing. And Gil's like, why don't you just wish for pleasure? Kotamine is like, that's disgusting. I would never 
<laughs> like indulge in horrible like evil like pleasures and gil's like you know people enjoy doing nice things too right <laughs> it's this really funny gotcha moment why oh why does your mind immediately jump to only the worst things imaginable kotamine uh and then gil flirts with kotamine a lot this is like there's an the my, one of the best shots in zero is uh kotamine sitting down and then there's like a shot of the table and just like kotamine's legs spread and gil like plants a wine glass directly in front of his dick and starts filling it with wine <laughs> this with is wine. with wine and uh the look on kotamine's face is really something <laughs> while gil's pouring the wine like this is i am feasting like this entire scene if you'll indulge me uh-huh. Let's just, go like, ahead. go through the pieces, because, like, what is happening here is, like, Gil shows up to Kide's wine cellar, finds all of these unopened, really, really good vintages, uh-huh. and basically immediately clocks what's happening. Like, oh, yes. this is a man who is, like, he's not interested in drinking wine, right? He doesn't own these because uh-huh. he wants to drink them. Like, so there's something, there is, a, like, a sinister desire at play with what's going on and he's like denying it so hard because like obviously it's evil right and like this entire scene is Gil just trying to tempt the Catholic boy into sinning in a way that he already is and wants to do and like the like wine has like symbol like very heavy symbolic potential in the Uh context of Catholicism and so having like the carnal, like this shot of a an empty glass in front of a crotch filling with like sacramental wine, you know, or like it, it's just so like no, it, it, well done. Like I'm applauding like the entire time. Uh-huh. It's such a well thought out Gil's way this, to like, frame this deep V outfit on too while he's doing this. Is and like his performance is great. He's like filling the glass with Kotomine's own wine too, uh-huh. right? It's sort of the, like, you're, like, yeah, like, indulge, like, right? But the implication is, like, you are already indulging. Like, you know that you're indulging. Like, you have a profession killing people for the church, right? Like, shake off the pretense, right? Accept accept what you are already doing as what it is and let that, like, lead you to a more fulfilling life. And this is how this uh, <laughs> this kind of thing is how we get the the fun Kotamine in Fate Stay Night. <sighs> what a guy, Kotamine is so funny, right? Like this is how you become com- like he's already comically evil. It's just a question of like reaching out and acknowledging. It's like how how yeah. like it's how much fun he's having, <laughs> yeah. right? Like every theater kid has the potential to be that theater kid. You just <laughs> you just have to like. Kill not the part of you that, cr- or like, what is it? Kill not the the part of you that is cringe, right? Gil uh-huh. is telling Kyune to kill to kill the part that cringes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh. So yes, he does agree to to like try and find out what other people's wishes for the Grail are. Uh, he's like, it'll take a while, and Gil's like, that's okay. This is gonna be like a fun partnership. And then he disappears, and Kotamine is like, I want to talk to Kiritsugu. That'll solve all my problems. And I think this is, oh, oh, sorry. And just, just to like put a bow on it, right? Like, I think to me, this scene works because it finally establishes why Kotomine would be obsessed with someone like Kiritsugu because he's like, Uh he's looking for someone who's like horny in the same way that he is, right? Yeah. 
and he's like looking at the resume of Kiritsugu and he's like this dude has to be like a, a shithead in the exactly the same way that I am like why else would he do this stuff and it's so funny because it's like yeah Kotomidi is just like kind of just lonely yeah right like that's like a lot of his motivation Kotomine has written an enormous amount of fan fiction about what Kiritsugu is like <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is I think that the the one the like Kiritsugu and Kotomine both have a one-sided obsession with the other you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it works a lot better for me when it's Kotomine. Yes, I was going to say Kotomine's mm-hmm. side works so much better. Kiritsugu has this like weird paranoia fear of uh, Kotomine that is like, I guess, you know? But Kiritsugu, it's like, oh, he's just like me for real. And he is not just like you for real. <laughs> but it's like, it's it's entertaining, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think the thing for me is like, Kotomine this is all he has going on yeah is the war and he's like desperately looking for someone like him mm-hmm. Kurizuku has so much else going on yeah. he has a life outside of kotomine uh and yet somehow there's still the same kind of uh like all-consuming mm-hmm. yeah um, kotomine is coming off of his last big experiment uh of uh trying to oh, marrying that girl you know what mm-hmm. i mean and now now he's like oh maybe i could find fulfillment in this man <laughs> and he's being tempted by gil gil showing up i don't mind if i'm your number two <laughs> gil gil showing up like like gil doesn't need everyone wants to fuck gil gil knows this he doesn't uh-huh. need the uh-huh. the assurance right what he wants is like you should be cringy like me yeah, yeah. <laughs> because everyone should be like me, right? Like, like, oh, you're someone who who should acknowledge that I am the best kind of king because I'm like debased in this particular <laughs> uh-huh. way, because I'm chewing up scenery whenever I show up, and like, yes. what is anyone gonna do about it? This is a much more fun Gil because he has foils that aren't just Saber being like, no, I don't want to be your sex slave or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Act 5-4. Let's move on. Rescue workers are looking for Kaneth and Sola's bodies because they figured out that they weren't really uh, escaped. They find a a small version of the bean. (laughs) A little silver orb. PSA. Mercury is very toxic. Please don't touch Mercury with your bare hands. Mm, Yeah. It also has uh, Mercury. If you touch Mercury with your bare hands, it does brainwash you and force you to carry it places. Mm-hmm. This is this is also they both happen every time. Mm-hmm. So yes, one of the workers touches the 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 weird orb, and then is like, "We need to bring this away." And then he steals a truck that it gets loaded into, and then uh, uh, they find him unconscious in the truck later, and the be- the like orb is gone. Cut two. Ryder getting a package. <laughs> Oh. This is this is a really funny scene in the anime because it's from Ryder's perspective, and there's just this tiny little man <laughs> delivering the package. His eye is twitching, and he's looking like craning his neck up. And you just see Ryder's hand eventually like reach out, and it's big enough to wrap this entire guy's head in it and take the the uh, clipboard to sign. The I think he keeps the clipboard and the pen, yes, <laughs> as well as the package. The anime giveth and the anime taketh away because, unfortunately, Ryder is wearing pants in the scene <laughs> or shorts. He's wearing he's wearing boxers. They, the cowards of Ufo Table decided to give Ryder boxer briefs. 
Yes. Uh, I he's full dick this, out in this should have this should have been a change for the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been a good Blu-ray change. Yeah, exactly. Just so, give us the full rider ass shot. Why not? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Gil uh-huh. gets one. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> That's spoilers. Ben, put a put a marker down. <laughs> There are so many ass shots. I don't know that saying Gil gets one. <laughs> I don't even think that's a spoiler. I think like okay. Well, <laughs> Waver is starting to get his feet under him a little bit. He's like, you know, Ryder standing up to me for me, like made a made a big big impact on me. Uh, there's some like gay shit about how big and strong R- Ryder's hands were when they touched his shoulder. Oh uh, my yeah. My first note for this section is Waver's so funny. He already has a praise kink. <laughs> However, complicating his life, Ryder has figured out how to use his uh, credit card or checkbook or something in order to order packages Mm -hmm. through the mail. (laughs) And he is wearing an extra large shirt with uh, uh, the Admiral's Great Tactics is the name of the game. (laughs) Great game name. Um, Yes, so it has a map of the world on it. And he's like, oh, I'm wearing the whole world on my chest. I feel great. Um, yes, he's, he saw Saber in a suit and he's like, I could do that too. I, he refuses to go into spirit form cause he's too, he's too rider. You know yeah. what I mean? So he's like, I'm just going to wear normal people clothes. And Waver's like, you have to wear more than a shirt. You have to wear pants. And he's like, dick out. And he's like, do I have to wear pants? And then he tries to like goid Waver into <laughs> buying him pants. Let me make this clear. I will not go to the streets to get super big sized pants just for you. I definitely will not go. <laughs> Great. There's and no then way. they and then they broker a deal, right? Like it's the yeah, sort of like right yeah. waivers waivers just like oh, if you want pants that bad, like do something with yourself. Yes. And the writer's just like, oh, so like if I if I like go defeat Caster for you, you'll get me pants. Mm-hmm. Like incredible. This is it's this is. Funny. This is what a Holy Grail war should be, right? Like, yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the church sends out a message that is like, "Hey, gather come here. to the church." Yeah, um, we got a we got a rule change coming. Basically, it's interesting. This feels like a game mm-hmm. that is, that is being put on. Uh, Stay night feels like it's like scrappy. Yeah, uh, it's a. It's a bunch of people just in the mud punching each other. Yes. And this is like, no, we have rules. We have like rules of engagement uh-huh. and everyone follows them. Mm-hmm. Uh except Poor for Caster because know. um but like yeah, yeah. But uh It's a blood sport, but it's a civilized blood sport. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's gladiatorial combat, not a like knockdown drag out brawl. So Ryder and uh, Waver continue to be a fun, a fun pair. They're great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh... Oh yeah, Waver never told the church that he was participating, so he's a little nervous. So he's just gonna send a familiar or something. He's not gonna show up in person. Cut like no one's church. gonna show up. At, the yeah. church <laughs> where there is only familiars. <laughs> Big Kotamine is like, oh god this sucks now i have to give this i was i was all hyped up i was gonna give a sermon you know what i mean but now it's just a bunch of like we don't even get a description of what these familiars are like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean which Uh, honestly 
Yeah, yeah. We should have gotten a description. Right? I, well, I want to know what everyone's players. like. Like we got Maya's bats. Yeah. I guess, but like, well, but presumably she didn't send one of those. Yeah. Um, the anime puts a little bat screechy in there, which makes me think it's just a bunch right. of bats, right? Or like yes, similar. Everyone's using bats. That's so boring. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, who's a cat person? Who's a dog person? I know that like Rin uses like jeweled owls, like or like mechanical owls. Did see? This is the problem: is like they're not they're not drones, so we're not going to get a description of them from Udabuchi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not like flying overhead predator drones. <laughs> uh, oh. Despite the fact that the church is empty except for a bunch of familiars, he still launches into sermon mode. Yes, yeah, yeah. He, he gets into it. Uh, oh, Kaneth has also sent a familiar, so he's played his hand mm. uh, a little bit. Although uh, Saber's master is the one he's most worried about, and they know that he's alive because Saber's hand's still fucked yeah. up, presumably. Big Kotamine's arm is covered in unused command spells from previous wars, and he's offering one of those as a prize uh, for whoever kills Caster. If multiple people get a hand on the ball, uh, they, he'll he'll hand out a command spell each, I think. He's got enough to spare. He's got a lot of them, it sounds like. Which, like, way to make yourself a target, old man. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I would have thought that people mostly used their command spells up or kept them. You know what I mean? But he's got them. Yeah. It's like the elixirs in an RPG, right? Like, you are you know you have them in your inventory, but, yeah. like, are you ever really going to use them? Uh-huh. Well, again, this, this kind of comes down to, like, oh, yeah, and at the end of the war, they all go and, like, check in with the church. And, yeah, like, uh-huh. Uh, you know, they hand these command spells get taken. Um yeah which is yeah again it's just like such a different vibe from i would believe the church has a way of tracking where command spells are yeah like i believe that they like don't like compete like come back for the next war yeah these are pulled off of corpses to me yeah yeah. Yeah. they're also um 50 year intervals you're much less likely to be in shape to do another war yes yeah unless you're like one of those the half dozen 300 year old mages or whatever uh, but that's what you have kids for, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, Kotamine uh, Rise uh, knows where Castor is, but he's not saying <laughs> because mm. he doesn't want to give up too much information because it'll make him look suspicious. Yeah. So Kotamine is going to use Assassin to try and contrive a situation in which Gil can be the one to get the kill, basically. And that's the end of Act 5. We're on to Act 6. Act 6. Ilya Castle. We get a funny interlude about like, oh, you know, uh, there's rumors of a castle in this area, but if there really was, uh-huh, uh-huh. people would have found it. It is funny that apparently uh, the Einsburns like uh, were being really petty about not wanting to have their uh, their like stronghold on the like Tosaka land, so they bought a forest next to Tosaka land to build their stupid castle. I like the Einsburns so much more when they're talking about them as like this like solid wall of people. You yeah. know what I mean? Then I mm-hmm. like them saying Jubstachet uh, uh, or whatever mm-hmm. was the one doing all of this. It's just. It's so. Boring. It wouldn't have been him. It would have been uh, whatever the um, Justice. Yeah. She's the one who started this. You know what I mean? Uh huh. 
Well, and again, it, it, I said this in, I think, our first episode, but it's like, it's so boring to me to have, to say, oh, the only way mm-hmm. possible for uh, kind of a, a, a like singular vision to be held is for a single person to be alive for that entire time. Uh-huh. As if you can't, like hand down that desire to your children we've already got like the like Ju- uh what's her justice is literally engraved into the body and soul of every einsburnt woman yeah <laughs> you know what i mean the the homunculus all look like her you know what i mean like you've already got that she's inescapable yes Ilya talks like as her sometimes you know Okay, yeah, she doesn't... Heavens feels really good. Heavens feels good. Okay. In the castle, Iri and Kiritsugu are plotting. Uh, Iri's tired, uh, but, you know, she's doing okay. They're talking about the different places that the Grail can descend from. Uh, We know that it's going to be in the new uh, housing development in Shinto, uh, Mm. because we know that from Fate's Day Night, the, the... the grim park that Shiro likes to hang out in and be sad at. Right. I had completely. They referred to it as the new housing development. Yeah. And I was like, wasn't it? Was a that park? a place that I could have descended? Yep. Completely having forgotten that. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Of course, it gets destroyed. Kiritsu isn't worried about Caster. He he he's like, we have the advantage. We know what where Caster's going to be. He's going to come for Saber. Mm-hmm. So we just need to hide here, wait for Caster to show up. He's going to get attacked by other people. I'll kill some of those other people. Caster will get killed by someone. It'll all be good. It's all going to work out. Now, this scene is <sighs> both boring and frustrating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because one of my, okay, one of my least favorite traits of, of Kiritsugu is watching him like, like a kindergartner refuse to talk to Saber in the room. It. It has extreme uh I think I think Blute may have said this or someone said it during a watch party. It has extreme uh Clone Wars, the Clone Wars, which you shouldn't watch uh-huh. on streaming. Uh uh yes, yes. Although I guess it's yeah, I guess it's technically not struck because it's just animation. But uh it's too tied to that yes, Star Wars thing. Don't 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 do it. Don't support Disney. Uh until and unless the damn TP gives into and you know what the math maybe not even after that yeah sure Um, (laughs) but it it has extreme like oh we're gonna get so close to grievous and anakin meeting but Uh they can't so yeah yeah and like that's funny if you do it like once but it's not funny the longer that it goes on you know and this is just miserable because saber's like section saber's screaming at him and it's like in the show it's not as bad because it's really short right yes Oh, uh, but in the book, it just is dra- dragged out Saber yelling and him like talking to Eerie, not like half answering things Saber is saying, but technically not talking to her. It just sucks. Which it again, makes both of them look like children. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and again is like back to, I think that that line works in Stay Night mm-hmm. because you don't need to think about yes. how exactly that said. worked. Um, Oh, and then also we get uh, Eerie being like, Kiritsugu and Mai are definitely fucking, and I have complicated feelings about that. It's like, sure, great. I know. Like, yes, you should have those complicated feelings, but like, why? Why is this happening at all? 
Why did you, why is Maya here? I hate it. <laughs> I know. It's just like, it's like Maya I have I feel like Maya is one of those characters that I just why do, why does she exist? Why does she have to be this weird like sex object that allows Kiritsugu to go into murder mode uh and is completely subordinate to him in every way when he already has a woman who's completely subordinate to him in every way that we also have to like grapple with? But you want that you want the subordinate woman to be cool. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And military. We, got, no, 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 you don't understand. We've got the virgin and the whore. Oh. <sighs> uh, this is also specifically where uh, this scene in particular is it feels like uh, Urobochi fundamentally misunderstood why Saber was mad at Shiro. <laughs> uh, perhaps in the fate route. Uh, because Shiro's like, no, you're a woman. I, I will fight. Uh, and also, uh, maybe we should just kind of sit on the sidelines of this Holy Grail war. And Saber's like, we're never going to win this way. And Kurisugu lays out a perfectly good plan for how they're going to win the war. And Saber's like, say, says exactly the same things that she says to Shiro, except that those were in a very different context. Yeah. It's not honorable, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, Dear Maria really brings out the worst in Saber, I guess. Me and Fen it like doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Fen were like sitting there the other day, just like talking about how uh, you could have done cooler things with <laughs> with yes. Zero and like Saber, uh, just it not working out. Anyway, uh, following up this miserable Saber scene is more Kiritsugu crying like a little bitch. Um. Ugh. Yeah, I feel like how did the Eins how did the Einsburns continue to not see this shit coming? You take a, a a merciless killer, give him a woman who will love him unconditionally, let him have a kid, keep him cooped up for nine years, and you think he's gonna be as hard as he used to be? Yeah. Of course he went soft. <laughs> They're so dumb. The the. <sighs> the silliest part of this scene is when Il- uh not Ilya uh Eerie gets described as his mom as a mom. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, yeah, I guess he has a little baby, huh? Uh, he's a little baby. And again, like you can say just like the daughter this- he left behind. <laughs> this is- yeah, she looks just like um you can totally say no, 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 this is purposeful, right? Mm-hmm. Or but she's doing this for a reason doesn't make it interesting or fun <laughs> yes like that is the constant refrain with zero it's like no 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 he's definitely doing something with this and i'm like yeah and it's just really not interesting like people do things for reasons all the time that i don't agree with caster attack we're back to i fundamentally can't take uh het ntr seriously <laughs> uh-huh. also. uh caster's shown up uh he's brought a whole bunch of children to murder um saber runs out to try and save as many kids as possible act six dash two urobochi talks about how cool and serious knights are for a second and then saber shows up and all the kids are dead except for one that caster is like using as a meat shield Mm -hmm. caster lets the kid go and the kid brutally explodes into tentacles all over saber uh when he gets there uh gross Gross. Gross. They show this. They do show this in the anime. 
Yep. And again, it's like a lot of this sequence is also in the broadcast version, just like they show you shots of trees <laughs> and they play some of the sound effects. Right. But they don't like directly show, show you, a like, lot of the violence. The children. Yeah. They do still show like some of it where I'm just like, you might as well just show it at this point. Like it's not, yeah. you're not really censoring anything <laughs> meaningful here, but um caster has a grimoire made of or like with a piece of human skin on it <laughs> uh that he's using to summon tentacle octopus demons um saber explodes a bunch of them with a mana burst and then goes to fight him eerie is using a remote viewing crystal ball <laughs> to watch the fight it the i think this works better in the book because i because i because I'm not imagining Eerie just like hunched over an orb pondering it. Okay, fine. But can we make a meme out of Eerie <laughs> pondering the orb? Probably, yes. Just watching, like, <laughs> just reading Dojin comics of Maya and Kiritsugu. <laughs> That's my first thought. <sighs> so, here's a funny thing. Saber in Fate Stay Night had an advantage against Caster because she has high magic resistance. Mm -hmm. However, this Caster, the funny thing is he's summoning monsters that have teeth and claws. That doesn't count for magic resistance. So they're just beating the shit out of Saber. It's kind of funny. It's better than, oh, yes, Caster is just better at magi magic than Medea was. You know what I mean? I prefer. Which, like, he absolutely is not, right? Like, and I, I do appreciate that they. I can't remember how explicit this is, but reason. like. Like, it is it is good that they explain in some ways that, like, Caster is not a good mage, right? Yeah. Like, Caster here is, like... His book is doing it all on its own, basically. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, he's got, like, the cool... <laughs> like, the cool book TM from, like, a cooler mage. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the... Efko has completely broken my brain. <laughs> uh, these... These guys show up in Fgo. They're often archers who are more effective against sabers. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, this is how this matchup should go. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't hate the designs, but like it is it is the type of thing that I think is better in text when things are intentionally uh -huh. vague in a way, yeah, yeah. because like this is very clearly trying to draw from eldritch horror yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah they're a little too straightforward uh in the in animation you know what i mean they're mm -hmm. just kind of goofy little guys they're just like gross little octopus guys you know like sea star they're not even octopi right like yeah, they're yeah. they're just they're, they're just over uh i've seen there. weirder i've seen weirder sea stars yeah mm -hmm. granted i watch a lot of deep sea exploration videos so i'm uh -huh. cheating a little bit but <laughs> Now, remember, Saber has a tiny wound on her hand. That means she's completely ineffectual in combat. I uh, hate it. Oh, I hate it so like, much. It, it does give us a really, really funny, reoccurring, like, visual thing of Saber angrily clenching her fist, except her thumb is just hanging down. <laughs> Doing the Arthur pose. <laughs> the Arthur, like, fist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. A trait shared amongst all Arthurs. Yeah. Oh wait! Right, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Kiritsugu <laughs> uh. <sighs> tells Maya and uh, Maya to take Eerie and make a run for it because uh, they're vulnerable while Saber is busy, and he's got his gun that fires bone bullets, <laughs> and he's ready to fight anyone who shows up. Act six dash three. 
Saber kills a bunch of demons and it makes more demons. They're multiplying from their own blood, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conservation ex- of mass, something, something. Yeah. <laughs> Saber's mad that she can't just Excalibur them all away, which would win the win or the fight instantly. The promised victory would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's Caster's spellbook doing this. Caster's not actually using any mana himself. It's just like oh, uh, the the noble phantasm is like running itself, and so he can do it basically forever. That sucks. Was it? It's Prilati's spellbook, the text of the spiraled sunken citadel. You gotta love the like weird long names that they give them all. The like subtitles yeah. all of the moves have. Uh due to Silent Center in Blue, I did read that as uh, a uh, girl name. No, what? <laughs> um, it's not. Pagalachi. Uh, patchouli. Patchouli. There we go. It does. It does read like a patchouli spell card. Yeah, patchouli it's true. Spell <laughs> like that would have been a cooler version of it. Like it's very clearly just trying to be a Lovecraft title. Like it's yeah. yeah. And like I'm torn because on the one hand I think like it is a cool idea for something like this, and I think there are ways that like tying Eldritch Horror to the Legend of Bluebeard is interesting. But also, uh-huh. it's just, like, not... This This could have been not caster, right? And Yeah. yeah. It, so it's it's sort of it's just like, okay, great. Now we have this weird, like, eldritch bullshit in the Fate universe through very tenuous ties to... Uh-huh. Like, it would, I would have loved something a little more French, maybe. Maybe make, make them snails, at least, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not a big... I like an Eldritch Horror. I don't like an H.P. Lovecraft. You know what I mean? Mm. So. There are ways to make that interesting, and this is not one of them, fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Caster is talking about his adventures with Jean, and then uh, Saber is about to be torn apart by tentacle monsters when, luckily, a man comes and saves her. Real quick. <laughs> I know that it is slightly different. We'll get to, uh, like, Nasu's retelling of um uh Arthurian myth at some point. I we did with Fate Stay Night, but <laughs> there's an actual uh like book that is, hey, here's uh what Saber's life was like uh-huh. in the Fate universe. Um but every time uh Caster is like, oh you were so uh you were so devoted to God and I was like, Yeah, she really was though. She's Catholic. Well the I have she so many thoughts. Hope. I have so many thoughts on this specific point that, like, this is the angle I am planning to bring to the next episode, just as a spoiler alert. <laughs> and I'm glad, Fed, I'm glad you've, like, read this more more recently. Because, like, I, I don't know the Ethereum stuff as deeply, but, like, we, we'll get into it next episode more. But, yeah, like, the, the connection that King Arthur has to God is deep and explicit. Yeah. And, like, I did appreciate the text of the novel getting into this more than the anime kind of shows, because specifically, like, this should piss Saber off a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. The way that, like, a figure like Gilderay specifically is blaspheming. Ah, uh, but she doesn't know who he is. Remember? Because she doesn't <sighs> have that information for something. Which, again, like, that's so... I hate that. I hate that she should immediately no know who this guy is. it to her. Uh, uh, come on. Like, she infers the identity of, like, all kinds of other... It, I know. It's just so arbitrary. Oh, but don't worry. We get this great scene where uh, Caster and Lancer argue over which one of them owns her body more. Uh, <sighs> that's great. 
Is it the the man with two phalluses or the man with an infinite horde of tentacles? Really, there's this bit where it's like, uh, Lancer probably could have just stabbed Caster in the back and won this fight instantly, but he didn't. He had to rescue Saber. It would have been rescuing Saber if he had killed fucking Caster. No, 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 Ben, but knights don't stab people in the back. Not even uh, the guy whose hobby is murdering. <laughs> Not even like literally a heretic who a knight would absolutely just at- like this. <laughs> Come on. Um. So yes, caster or caster. Uh, <laughs> caster and Demerud, uh do some flirting now. <laughs> Saber and Lancer flirt a bunch, and then that's the end of the act. I do Every like Saber time. bragging, like, and I wish there was more joy in. Let yeah. Saber be strong so that the, the okay. this is real. Come on. She's like, in the book, she's like, yeah, I could kill these guys all day. And it's like, yeah, okay. And the in the anime, she kills three and then gets caught and then uh-huh. needs to be saved. And I'm like, man, you don't got it. Like, I complained a lot during Stay Night of Saber just like, uh, like jobbing every fight, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here, this is pathetic. <laughs> this makes her look so bad. Uh... It also instinctively every time uh, Saber and and Diarma f- flirt, I'm like, is Saber straight? <laughs> I know that she is. Yes, she is. I mean, yeah, Saber I tops in that pairing. Let's let's not get it twisted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there is just something about her relationship with Shiro that reads different to me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Shiro's just. Shiro's a bit of a chauvinist, you know what I mean? But he's not like this. I would take, again, not a Shiro fan. I would take Shiro over most of the characters in Fate Zero. Shiro's got unlimited spears. Uh-huh. That's a a selling point. So, he's an unlimited (laughs) palace. Yeah, exactly, right? Not just two. Unlimited palace work. Gee, Shiro, how come mom lets you have infinite, unlimited hot dog? I've crafted over 1,000 dildos. (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah. (laughs) No, I was just like, okay, if ever... Does a dildo count as a blade? And if so, what percentage of unlimited blade works... Is dildos. Is it like, can't say he's never done it. (laughs) Is it like 1% or is it like 15%? I just want, I need the doujin that's just Rin trying to explain to Shiro what a dildo is to like get him to craft better ones for her, right? Like there's just some, there's an angle here that is underexplored. Really funny. (laughs) Um... Okay. I'm I'm on team Shiro. Shiro doesn't know what a dildo is. I fully believe this with all of my heart. But the thing is that Archer might. <laughs> Archer absolutely no. <laughs> it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Oh, you haven't gotten the scene, Peregrine. The scene of uh in Hollow Ataraxia where Archer and Gil are like competing over who has the fancier fishing equipment. Oh my god. That so it's gonna be that, but dil- with dildos. <laughs> Oh my god, Gilgamesh absolutely has... Gilgamesh now, this is the funniest the part. expensive dildos ever produced by humans. Okay, oh, no, I'm changing my no. answer. Shiro, Shiro knows how to make a dildo because he's seen one in the Gilgamesh Gate of Babylon, but he doesn't know that's what it is. Um, I was going to say that all Gil has is, like, 
polished wood that's like 75% going to give you splinters <laughs> and like horn that is uh if you think that Gil has never used a solid gold dildo <laughs> Okay. You, you Gillen might, and right. Kidu fought in the streets for like days scale. Okay. Like they definitely explored some options. <laughs> we'll get there later. <laughs> also has some nice ones. Uh-huh. I just think that he's got some like some really questionable ones that you probably just don't want to think about. Well, it's all the treasures of the world, not only the good treasures. <clears throat> Gil's always talking about the nice stuff he has. He doesn't mention the, the all the rank shit he also owns. <laughs> Kaneth is here. Act 6-4. So Kaneth, Kaneth, the man with potentially the world's best dildo <laughs> in another lifetime, if only. <laughs> Kaneth just happened to see Caster bring some kids on a field trip and was like, ooh, I'm going to follow this. He told uh, say, uh, Lancer to kill Caster. That's why Lancer is saving saving Saber. He's not. Uh, he doesn't have any explicit instructions to kill Saber, so they're going to team up. However, his real plan is to let that happen. This is the first smart Kaneth move. Let Lancer uh, save Saber so that he can go kill Saber's master while Lancer is busy and can't interfere. That is a reasonable plan. It's a good plan. It's a good plan. Uh, and not dishonorable. Yeah. Right? Like, this is a straight up, like, the masters are going to 1v1 oh, in honorable no. combat, and then the servants are oh, also no. going to, you know? Word would, like, Lancer would give him a hard time about this, though, because, like, no, I wanted to fight Saber, et cetera, et cetera. But also, I'm like, I, I'm, yeah. For, this also works out great for, for Kaneth because Saber will help kill Caster and then won't be around to get the command spell. Uh huh. Good plan. Also, he uh, is strutting around. He's strutting his stuff for his fiance. You know, uh, he lost a lot of his cool equipment that he brought from Clock Tower when the hotel blew up. But he still has his Mystic Code, which is, admittedly, very cool. I want so badly to have seen an anime where he's like struggling through the forest with a admittedly lightened vase because yeah. he used magic on it. But just, like, carrying a large vase, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. trudging through the forest. Someone said it was it would look like Gara uh, from Naruto. Do you know what Gara looks mm-hmm. like? No. Yeah, oh, Gara, my first, my first anime forum avatar. Shout out. <laughs> Shout uh, out. How, do, do I search, like, Gara vase or something? G-A-A-R-A, and you'll, yeah, you'll see Earn. it. Yeah. Gaara Earn. Earn. Images. Uh... Oh, okay. This is funny. This guy just kind of always has an urn on his back. Yeah. Uh Oh, yeah. Kaneth also was like, hell yeah, free castle. (laughs) I'm going to kill Saber's Master and then it's my castle. Uh, Sola is apparently hiding out in an abandoned factory and she's pissed about it. I'm not a, uh, a noble in mage society. I would still be a little peeved if I was forced to hide in an abandoned factory. Just hanging out in that, uh, like, uh, ab- abandoned warehouse background from the cut Yumizuka root content. <laughs> right. All because your fiancé, like, didn't think to, like, magically reinforce the load-bearing pillars of a fun <laughs> giant building. <laughs> My brain immediately jumped to the docks from, uh... <laughs> 
from AI Somnium files. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, he has like a hundreds of pound uh, urn full of mercury, and he pours it out, and it comes to life with his magic. It's this is volume volumen hydrogarum moon spirit ce- cerebro spinal fluid. Cool name. Cool name. Cool name. Awesome. The way he uses it, also, also cool. cool. This is a really cool... Okay. A lot of the fights we've seen so far are people uh, using swords and uh, spears and things to fight mm-hmm. each other, right? The, the like coolest like thing that's power is basically gills. And we already know gills power, you know? That's not... Berserkers is also interesting. But it's also just the kind of reflection of Shiro's, right? Shiro's is... I'm going to copy this and throw it back at you. Uh, Berserkers is literally, I'm going to grab this and throw it back at you. Yes. Right. Well, I, I meant also the like grabbing a lamp post. Yeah. And that's that kind of becomes... interesting. But it's also just functionally a sword yeah. at this point, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, there, there are things that are interesting on paper, but like they don't animate in a way that's particularly yeah, yeah, novel yeah. or like unique. Yeah, right? yeah. And maybe it'll get more interesting. But this is like, this is cool. This is like a weird orb, which is like a fun little guy in the anime that follows him around. And he just like gestures and it like sent, throws out these like horrible whips that just cut things apart because uh-huh. Mercury is very heavy and under like he's like shooting at high pressure. So that's like uh, sharp enough to cut diamond. The way that it describes like just cutting through the lock on the door uh-huh. and like leaving the rest of it unharmed yeah it's really like i'm keeping this place so i don't want to damage it too much in the anime this is like big lumpy tentacles are flying around uh so but like the way it's described in the books a lot is very cool because it's just like these horrible little threads basically Mm -hmm. they're tearing things apart it also like i think sets up this cool like elementality to magic in a way that i i find kind of interesting right like oh he's got like wind and water attributes and that's like all Uh that's like most fluids Right, yeah, and so he's yeah before, which is Rin all five, Shiro mm-hmm. sword, <laughs> yeah. Makara none. <laughs> so it's fun to see people using doing like uh the five elements like yeah, uh, but just a couple of them and using them in fun ways. Yeah, like it's not just that you're like you're the boring like black mage in Final Fantasy casting Fyraga if you can do yeah. fire magic, mm-hmm. right? Like This is, uh, yes, one of the, I don't think about the Wheel of Time series, even though I read 11 books of it when I was like, I didn't young. know you read that. I uh, also read that. Uh, but one of the things I do think about sometimes is the magic system, mm-hmm. which is like a great description of like actually weaving like threads of elements together mm-hmm. to cast spells. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is, yeah, it's just, it's cool when you use, like, multiple elements in a certain way to do something. I'm a sucker for this, yeah. It doesn't have to be complete, but a little nod to it is fun from time to time, yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. It would seem that Kaneth is a bad matchup for Kiritsugu in Kaneth's favor, because uh, a bunch of Claymore mines go off, and his uh, Envolumen just blocks it all instantly. Yes. I w- Faster than bullets. I I I have consecutive notes that are like, oh come on, mages are supposed to be too stupid for Kritsugu's tricks, and then immediately the book is like, no 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 no, that was automated. <laughs> uh huh. I was like, okay, yeah, you got me. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great trick. It's like he can tell it to attack, and it protects him from anything, and it moves faster than bullets. Yep, great chip. Kanit's got algorithms. This is like yes. the <laughs> it's 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 very fun. 
This is also how he survived the hotel blowing up, is that uh, Volume N just, like, scooped him and Sola up, and mm-hmm. presumably Lancer just dematerialized and hovered through the window, like... <laughs> Um, right. So Kenneth is mad that the Einsburns would hire a uh, like gunman to fight mm-hmm. for them. Uh, yeah, he's he's an extremely like uh no like this is a this is an orderly battle between uh well like uh disciplined and yeah. uh you know honorable people. Yeah, he's like a guy who's like if my servant gets beaten, I'll surrender and it'll be fine and I'll go back to my teaching job. Yeah. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. this is the kind of guy he seems like. Um Oh, and also he does not believe this is Saber's master. He thinks this is like a hired helper mm-hmm. basically. He can't he can't he can't consider that the fancy Einsburn family would actually let a guy like this be the master. Yes. Now, Kiritsugu is watching this over cameras that he's installed throughout the place, and he's like, oh, I can't just shoot this guy. I gotta, like, do a whole thing now. <laughs> and this is another cool thing that Volumen does. Uh, it sends out little tentacles that sense vibration throughout the house to, like, figure out where he is, and then uh, it just, like, Kool-Aid mans through the walls or floors to where Kiritsugu is. One sec. Let me look up the density of mercury. There we go. Pretty just, dense, ain't it? Um, let's see. Yeah, I think so. But um, what's the number? Oh, how do? Okay. Um, trying to read. I want to. I want to know like how many gallons of mercury. Oh, that's dense. That's real dense. Thirteen point five grams per mil is, is hella dense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And water is one gram per mil. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um. So. He still has a lot of it, though. Yeah. Uh, it's like yeah, a yeah. person-sized amount of mercury. In oh head. God! Yeah. The photo. The photo that Wikipedia has is just like a coin resting on the surface of a, of of mercury, which like. Oh. Wow. Oh, uh, uh, an L for the anime is it shows him pouring out a tiny little vial of mercury and then it turns into a lot of mercury. Cowardly. Give him the urn. Okay. Kenneth comes into the room. He, like, rises out of the floor on a platform of mercury. Kiritsugu fires a clip of submachine gun uh, ammo at him. Uh... And then uh, it blocks it, obviously. But Kiritsugu finally shows off some of his actual magic. Time alteration. Uh, this is this is animated really well. Yeah. Like yes, Kiritsugu has bullet time. Yes. Um, this is like. Uh, Although, okay, yes, I it is animated well. I like the description in the book a whole lot. Yes, mm-hmm. I like this fight a lot actually in the book. I yeah. thought it was like pretty cool in the anime when i first saw it i thought it was pretty cool this time but i really like i think that it's one of the few fight scenes where like enough interesting stuff is happening that i think it merits the length yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah because it didn't feel long because it was fun to read is kind of like yeah yeah Yeah. this is like this is this is like this is where madoka comes from right it is homura with a gun fighting someone who has magic powers right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in in, like interesting and inventive ways Uh uh-huh uh, and so Kiritsugu's like gun uh, and like time magic are pretty straightforward, but they're different than what we usually see in Fate. And giving someone else a really out there power set 
gives them something to like clash against in a way that is really fun. Yeah, the battle becomes like not just like how cool gun is. It's like how do you yes. make gun work gun against is like a puzzle like, piece, right? Shield. Yeah, right. Making a guy who can literally uh stop bullets uh means that you have to use the gun in interesting ways. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he doubles his own time so that he can move super fast and then jumps down the hole that Kaneth came out of and runs away. Mm-hmm. Uh this is this is another uh Kiritsugu is having a bad time here. Kaneth isn't powering a servant because Sola's doing it. And he has like uh this magic is fairly efficient for him to use. So he can just like do this all day. Kiritsugu uh, every time he fucks with his own time, uh, it all comes crashing back down on him in this like horrible like organ bursting sense. So he cannot do this all day. The world does not like reality marvels. <laughs> yes, yes. He's basically doing a reality marvel. And then it's like, no, 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 no. Now your heart has to pump like twice as fast or twice as slow or for like a weirdly long time. And it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm hmm. He can't go back in time or stop time either. He can only like speed or slow it a little bit. And he can't really do it in a wide area without like, uh, this is apparently, this is his family, the, the Emiya family's magic. They used to do Mm -hmm. this as like big rituals where they would fuck with time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, they can't go back or stop time because that would be, that would be sorcery. That would be true magic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And in an odd dub for the, the the novel for me in this scene, um, since usually I tend to prefer the anime, but I, I like that the novel, this is all explained via the interiority of Kiritsugu. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the anime kind of does it by Kaneth explaining the power, which to yeah, me Kaneth doesn't just... work because this should be a weird implementation of, yeah. like, doing an internalized reality marble is not standard made shit. That's not something that Kaneth should intuit. Yeah. Um, So it kind of cheapens it a little bit. It makes it seem more like Oh yeah, Kiritsugu is just a white mage with a gun, right? He he cast haste and like <laughs> slipped out of the hole. Whereas like in the novel, it's like, oh no, this is like his He's using it totally his, differently than his family. This is his lineage, right? Like this is generations of effort applied for this one very particular. And he's bastardizing yeah. it, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, like to do like weird his weird gut. It makes him feel more like the character he should be. That is like supposed to be cool. This is okay. Yeah. You saying him bastardizing it actually reminds me of, uh, I, I did some research when I was doing my undergrad and grad work. Uh, uh, and, uh, this is, this is him taking, uh, like, yeah, mages are, are very academic. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so their powers tend to be that. And Kuritsugu's like, okay but i live in the real world how do i use this mm-hmm. and it's like oh yeah he he did the thing that a lot of research just stays as research mm-hmm. and he's like oh i figured out how to like actually use it which is not often uh-huh. <laughs> okay mm-hmm. so kiritsugu uses his magic again what no yeah i was i was i i know peregrine that you do chemistry stuff uh-huh uh-huh uh and and so maybe you know, you're, chemistry maybe stuff <laughs> well i just mean like <laughs> maybe there's more maybe there's more useful applications of that stuff but like working in comp sci and doing research there there's a lot of stuff that like gets published and would be really cool if anyone used it and then just gets totally forgotten about well and i think like this is this is again where i think nasu is more interesting as a writer for this type of thing like mages in in Nasu's work are very clearly academia and I think he captures a lot of that energy well 
including the like the ways in which impractical things are adapted for combat, but like mm-hmm. clearly we're not established for that. Irobuchi feels like he still mostly is writing things because they would have cool combat. But yeah, I read between the lines because I, I think that's where it's fun to fill this in. So like volume and uh, Hydrogarum is like a good example of this where like, yeah, Kadeth just like installed the combat algorithms into his blob, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And like, that's kind of fun. And like, I like thinking about what, what his mystic code would do outside of combat and like how that can be used well um, it does it does have like two or three like things that we see it do and so it really feels like he's like okay i have like two years before the war uh what can i make this do that is like good for combat uh-huh. uh and like whipped up a couple of algorithms but didn't like that's not his entire like deal no. right like he's he's got a machine he's got like a machine learning model for this thing that is like that we're seeing work in real time in a fun way um and yeah i think that that that's where this i mean in any any point when you're putting magic into fiction right these are the sorts of things you have to kind of do to make it not just casting the same spell we've seen 20 times and yeah i agree that and i think like there's later stuff we'll get um in fate zero that does make me like more fond of the the kiritsugu magic um mm-hmm. That's yeah. Th- this fight, like, definitely is, I think, the point at which cool we're having cool fun. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I'm, also, I'm also just such a sucker for the world desiring things. Uh huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like the feedback effect on Kiritsugu. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like this is a this is a cool fight, not a cool fight. <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Kiritsugu knows Mercury can't see things, so he's intuited the vibrations thing. So he slows down his own time so that his heart isn't beating fast enough for it to really detect. Uh, so that he can ambush Kaneth and then do a move where he uh, he shoots a bunch of bullets to make uh, uh, Volumen like, spread out into like a membrane. And yeah, then he has he an shoots. SMG in one hand. Yes. And uh yeah. And then he pulls out his big gun and shoots one bullet in the center where he thinks Kaneth probably is cuz you know, you can't see through mercury. And hits him in the shoulder cuz it like is so much a such a higher velocity bullet that it just punches through and gets Kaneth. Mhm. Finally the gun nerd gets to have a cool moment. This this yeah. to me is like if you're gonna be a gun nerd, this is more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's a fun use of like uh of like physics to yeah. Magic, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the 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 algorithm is adapting for a light bullet and then you hit it with like an armor piercing bullet, right? Like that's just that makes sense. Kenneth buy uh buys some space by making a volume and like whip around a bunch. So uh Kiritsugu retreats and then he loads one of his bone bullets into the gun. So we're gonna find out what his bone bullets do, but whatever it is, it apparently <laughs> does better when the stronger your magic is, the more magic you're using. So Act seven dash one. Finally on Act Seven. Oh, let me make a note. This is the last act. We're almost done. Act seven. Now, have you wanted to see Ko- uh, Kotamine brutalize some women late recently? <sighs> Not particularly. Well, I have some bad news for you for <laughs> about about half of Act Seven. Okay, 
Uh, first, have you wanted to hear about how Eerie is human because she's a wife and yes. a mother? Even though Eresviel was a homunculus, she fell in love, fulfilled that sentiment, parentheses fuck, and even became a mother. Thus, she obtained the sixth sense that humans have but homunculi can never understand. That is, a woman's intuition. Fucking kill me. I hate it. It's so rancid. Uh huh. Women are less than human until they become a wife and a mother. Mm-hmm. Excited to read the fanfic in which Waver becomes <laughs> becomes <laughs> fully <laughs> where Waver fulfills that sentiment. <laughs> Does she, you know, fulfill that sentiment? <laughs> so Maya and Iri are uh, ambushed by Kotamine, or Iri is like he's gonna he's gonna show up. We can never let him see, like, meet Kiritsugu because Kiritsugu is going to find out he's gay or something. Right. That 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 is so strongly the vibe that it, it becomes comical to me that like the two women who love the same man are united in their like inability uh-huh. to let the BL happen. That is yeah. like so <laughs> clearly being foreshadowed. Um, Kotamine is now. coming. Yeah, you had to no. stop me right there. <laughs> Kotamine sure is coming. Um uh no, I just it, yes, I, uh in response to Peregrine uh or Peregrine um I am not having words today. Uh I I am supportive of NTR if it if it does end in BL. <laughs> I just want to I just want to put that on the table that uh, I would support uh uh-huh. uh I keep wanting to call her Ilya. Eerie and Maya just like looking on as uh, Kiritsugu pours wine into Kiritsugu's <laughs> glass. Kiritsugu is probably more of a whiskey guy. Uh huh. <laughs> if Eerie had like one tenth of the juice that Ilya has in Fate's Day Night, this would be a much better yeah. like, piece of fiction. Anyway, they shoot at Kotamine, uh, but guess what? He's got enchanted Kevlar robes. Speaking of practical applications of chemistry, right? Like we get our we get our Kevlar note. Yay! Everyone's yes, favorite. Yes. Uh, but also, like trained musculature. Yes, or yes. His, his abs are so hard that the impact of bullets ramming into his body through Kevlar doesn't hurt at all. This is also when he like he's running straight at gunfire in the anime. He just puts up his hands, and you can see bullets bouncing off of his hands. He's just bulletproof. It's so fucking funny. Oh, uh, standard issue Kevlar robes. It's so funny. Like it's really funny. Um. The church, unlike mages, have considered guy with the gun. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess this is the thing is, uh, like, yeah, he's fought all kinds of things. Yes. Not mm-hmm. just mages. Uh, Maya and Kotamine clash. However, and although she is like a international assassin, highly trained, uh, he basically just punches her once, defeats her. Uh, he's got uh, Chinese martial arts skills. Also incredibly funny. Just like... Mm-hmm. For how straight this is played, like, 
just this like church man is just like a a Chinese martial arts master on top of everything else. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> like this is like Dos Equis most interesting man in the world shit. And we're just like and, and it's one sentence in like act 7. Like he's going to kill Maya and then Eerie comes out and uh like shouts about all of the wonderful things her wonderful husband has taught her and then she makes a bird out of wire and and throws a bird at Kotamine. Wire bird is cool. It's a cool concept. The description is cool. Kind of bad in the anime. Like they t- it like should the, look the, good, but the CG is bad. Yes. Like the novel describes is like you know it's like a bunch of these wires that kind of forms this bird shape and it like screeches like it's the sound of metal scraping on itself. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then you get in the anime and it's like you get the like most anime ass soundtrack track from the you know like uh-huh. falling the stars plays and it just sounds like a normal ass eagle and it looks uh-huh. CG in a bad way. Yeah, yeah it Ugh. looks like a wireframe. Like oh, we didn't put the texture on the bird yet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh yeah uh she like he punches the bird which turns <laughs> back into wire which it is and ties his hand up and she ties him to a tree uh it is very yeah. funny the sequence of this in the novel because it's like his hands get tied and then you get the little internal thing of like Kotomide Kira understands he doesn't need to have his hands untied to kill someone yes. <laughs> it's like he's we just, just <laughs> rushing her <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but this is and this is the thing with the stupid tree. This looks ter- this is so stupid in animation. He just like puts his palm against the tree that he's tied to, and like bang, like big explosions come out, <laughs> and he like knocks the tree down with his like fucking Heracles level of strength that he has. I mean, this is like the funny part because this is so clearly why it's like a specific type of Chinese martial art is so uh-huh. that they get to do this fun like. Oh, he can like use the full ability of his body, like even with restricted movement, and it's to knock down a tree. And it's like this is where I I like this because it's goofy. Like I uh-huh. think it is very fun and silly that he can just like basically bear hug a tree into non-existence. <laughs> so it's and I and I wish it was in any other context than like yeah, having to him, brutalize uh, these. I was like, up some women. Uh, <laughs> I would be so much more behind this if the next thing that happened wasn't. And now I'm going to be really rude to these two. That's uh, that's underselling. Uh, yeah, yeah Domino like, talking about the child murderers. Those jerks. <laughs> this this scene to me, this is the inverse Beckel test that I have proposed for for Gen Udobuchi. It's like. Two women have a conversation only about another man that then ends in them getting, like, brutally murdered by a man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like Urbochi got to the scene where uh, Rin got her ass beat by uh, Kotamine and the Fate Root and was like, oh, man, I really wish they we could have shown that. And now this is, like, Kotamine's whole character as he shows up and brutalizes women. Yeah. <laughs> like, he needs to do this again, but to more women. <laughs> But to more women and in detail. <laughs> Ugh. Now, you remember that Saber is fighting Caster? It's been a while. I didn't. Thanks Ugh. for the reminder. We're back there. Uh, the number of monsters just keeps going up. And so Saber's like, okay. Okay, follow me on this one, Lancer. What if we did something besides kill monsters that multiply when you kill them? And he's like, whoa. I hadn't considered that. But yeah, let's do it. <laughs> She fires invisible air, uh, which it turns into like a gale storm like blast. 
uh, when she uns- unsheaths Excalibur, and then shoots Lancer like a bullet <laughs> at Caster. He pokes the spell book with his spear, which cancels the spell that's ongoing because Gay Dierg uh, cancels magic. And uh, you have to do like a little ritual to start this up again. So Caster is kind of fucked, even though his book heals itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so he's like throwing a fit and they're like, oh, we're going to get you now. <laughs> now, cut back to Kanan. This Kenneth is great. I love to see uh someone like him just be miserable storming through a castle. It's pretty funny. Uh-huh. The anime captures the energy of it so well yes. too. He's this just, dude like, who like nonstop. The like dragging his bloodied hand across the walls and like right. Like he's delirious himself. from blood loss. Like he didn't expect to get shot, but then yeah. he's also just clearly like losing too much blood to remain coherent. It's it's uh-huh. miserable. But happening to, like, the worst guy you know, so it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Your least favorite teacher. He's never had more than, like, a paper cut, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh Um, Yeah, now he's like, I'm not owned, I'm not owned. (laughs) I still bring a turn into a horror (laughs) So, uh, forget the castle. Volumen is, like, tearing it apart as he walks now. Uh, he corners Kiritsugu on a higher floor and it's like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to torture him too and all this stuff, right? Kiritsugu's got his two guns. Kaneth is like, he's going to do the same move. And Kiritsugu's like, it's all according to my plan that he thinks it's going to be the same move. He fires the submachine gun. Kaneth does another cool thing with Volumen, which is he turns it into like a field of uh, spears so that... Uh, uh, he can like instead of a thin membrane it's just like a solid wall of wire that bullets like get fired into and bounce around and fall to the ground like so between this description and like kevlar showing up like Urobuchi definitely was spending some time in like body armor wikis it's very funny <laughs> so on top of that uh kiritsugu fires uh the 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 big bo- the bone bullet from the contender and uh the whole field of wires like spins around it just to grab that one bullet out of the air. Cool. It is cool. Cool. It, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It looks good. Then cut to Lancer being like, "Uh oh, my master's <laughs> fucked." Uh, Caster uses this opportunity to make all of the blood in the area explode. Um, <laughs> uh, this is like that's like a like a RPG, uh, not a t- like a like a crpg spell you know what i mean as blood like, mist blood yeah explode. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like an environmental effect yes and then but, lancer's like oh, go ahead i was just gonna say it's my favorite dragon age blood mage spell yes <laughs> lancer's like i didn't know this but apparently my master must have gone in to fight your master and saber's like lancer we're so brothers in arms that i'm gonna let you go unchallenged to run up to my master and grab your master and save him. Even though the two masters dueling is like, that's just a duel. That is just a duel. Yep. And also, Saber, this guy literally used a command spell to make Lancer do something he didn't want to do like a couple of episodes ago. What if he just says, kill Kiritsugu? <laughs> I know she doesn't care that much if Kiritsugu dies, but like, she is she really willing to just throw this all away so that she can have this like bro moment with Lancer? 
It's so yes. The thin, answer is yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because she's like fucking dumb as a brick. Well, and she doesn't have a wish, right? Like, yes, she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, she, I believe that she said in Stay Night she was mad mm-hmm. when Karitsugu uh, ordered her to destroy the Grail. Mm-hmm. But like here, there's no concept at all of her actually wanting to win the war. No, she's yeah. just kind of hanging out and being upset. Yeah. Uh, you would you would think that she was like a like a Ku Cullen char- type character of like ah I'm just here to have fun you know yeah. what I mean uh-huh. yeah I'm just vibing you know <laughs> I don't I don't have like an all consuming wish to save the country that I loved I'm uh-huh. just kind of here uh you know I'm enjoying my summer vacation yeah what time of year is it fuck if I know but not I winter. <laughs> autumn spring probably not summer okay vibes aren't right for summer too much mist no, too much mist. it's got to be like mid fall or spring it's mm. one side one or the other side of winter yeah did you know that kiritsugu has opposite uh, magical typing to uh oh to does he Hainith. oh that's, that's not, right yeah it's not oh. what's happening here at all <laughs> But it is funny that they're like, also, he's opposite types, fire and earth. Ben, you're so funny. What? The, the, he got a couple of ribs out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is a bit. Sometimes you get lonely when you're out uh, staking out a mage's house. (laughs) You're getting a little ahead of yourself. I'm so sorry. I have to explain what's happening here. You remember Origins? From Karanokyo Kai, they're a bit like kind of hard to understand. Maybe maybe because of like uh, we didn't read the actual book, so they're a little undeveloped. But they're kind of they're like I a think cool the, idea. The you know? final move me gave me a better idea. I have a pretty good idea of what's yeah, going on yeah. with that, right? Mm. So Kiritsugu's origin is the concept of severing and binding, like cutting things and tying them back together, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean healing. This is important. This is very important. It doesn't mm-hmm. actually fix the thing. <laughs> Yes. It puts it back together wrong. Or or like yeah. less it's it has a uh-huh. scar now, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, and also uh the thing that is put back together has lost function is is critical. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh if it's delicate. I mean, I think I think the, I actually really like true. how this is described because it's basically saying like, yeah, you can cut a rope and tie it back together and it'll work well, but not as well. And like, because uh-huh. you've scarred the object, there's now a history of having been cut. And like, if you do this to something like a circuit board, uh-huh. that's going to fuck up your circuit board. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it's the, it's the thing of like a rope. It will probably work as well in like 90% of the cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's the 10% where it's like, oh no, this just doesn't do the thing I need anymore. Yeah. And it's worse the more complex the system. Yeah. Now, right. at some point in his life, in the anime, we see a mysterious woman uh, has done this to him. But at this point, we don't know why. He got a couple ribs cut out, as Fan said, uh, and powdered and turned into 66 bullets. It's six, It's got to be 66 well, for like a 666 joke, right? Maybe uh, <laughs> processed so that uh, like something the book says something about like his soul still resides. The soul them. still burns, man. Yeah, I, I was trying <laughs> not to say the soul still burns. Uh, so what is that from? That's Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur, uh, yeah. 
Um, so yes, yeah, yeah. Which, which again is just like yeah, the the idea of an origin, uh, which is like some some essential element of your soul, mm-hmm. is is cool. Yeah, and then he, uh, so the bullets force that onto whatever they interact with, right? Mm-hmm. So unlike uh, Arya in uh, Kank K, who's like forcing your origin to awaken, forcing your own uh, self onto you, mm-hmm. Kiritsugu is forcing his like soul onto you, and it's uh, it causes terrible things to happen. So, right, they give an example. Like the novel is good about kind of giving you the, the 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 gist of what this is. So, like if you take a flesh wound, like a normal flesh wound from a bullet of Kiritsugu, like you would get necrosis. You would take necrotic damage, right? Yeah, because yeah, it's it, it, it closes yeah. the hole on its own. <laughs> yeah, but all of the stuff is put back together in a way that it just doesn't do what it's supposed to do anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's interesting because like you could take a necrotic damage hole and survive yeah. if you're normal. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, yes, he's apparently already used 37 of these and killed 37 mages. <laughs> one shot, one kill, etc., etc. Now, here's the funny thing. Volumen uh, Hydrogarum is like a great defensive system because like you can't actually get at the person, right? But it is wired directly into Canis, like magic circuits while he's using it because it's powered by him directly, right? And apparently... That means that uh, Kiritsugu's bullets can cause feedback damage through anything that you are magically connected to. So in any way, trying to protect yourself with magic is uh, going to cause you to take mm-hmm. the full brunt of the attack, right? And also, he's using armor-piercing rounds, so you can't just hide behind something either. It's a, it's a fun, like, double bind. Like, oh. this is this is why his craft essence in Fate Grand Order does bonus damage to casters, right? Like, it's, uh-huh. it is, uh-huh. spe- this is specifically a tool for killing mages, and I think yes. it is cool. I yeah, like this. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I like the, well, yeah, they're not armor-piercing, because they don't go through, like, armored, they don't go right. through a tank. Yeah, but that's, he was like, you that's true, that's true. armor won't work. You yeah. would have to be yeah. inside an armored vehicle. It is, it is it effectively is. <laughs> a like uh, a one-handed rifle. Yeah. Uh, in terms of power, which he's very good at aiming, but in this case, he doesn't need to aim. He's shooting at a big wall of wire. Well, yeah, and he's yes, gonna sorry. instantly get. It. I mean, it is a pistol that uses rifle ammo, yeah. so they're they're very high-powered shots. So this tears its entire magic circuit system apart and then puts it back together and it starts just spraying magical energy into his body tearing the rest of his body apart and then uh volume just crumples to the ground just a puddle of mercury again and kaneth also falls to the ground uh he's this is this is permanent this is not you don't come back from this yes right this is this is like magic smoke coming out of your monitor right like uh-huh. literally <laughs> like you you have a short and that thing is busted yeah. that smoke's not going back in that body <laughs> no he goes over to mercy kill kaneth because it's like over for him anyway and then lancer shows up and is like no i'm not gonna let you do this i'm not gonna let you beat my master in a duel in a fair duel <laughs> little late sorry buddy uh- <laughs> yeah. they didn't know that lancer's being powered by another source this would have probably like instantly severed his connection to lancer you know oh I mean? that's a good point i yeah uh, that is true but lancer is able to function totally normally because he's connected to sola mm-hmm. kiritsugu is like i cannot believe that saber let him come in here <laughs> and lancer's like I respect you. Uh, Saber respects me and I respect that and I'm not going to kill you because of Saber's nobility. 
remember, you would have died if not for Saber's nobility. And I'm like, she could have just fought you. You could have had your destined showdown now. And it would have been fine. It would have been okay. Yep. And then yep. she wouldn't have put her master at risk and like almost thrown the entire war into the garbage pail, pail just because she's bitter. Uh-huh. The whiplash, there's like, it's just such a whiplash between like having this really cool fight uh -huh. that I think is like well constructed, like has a lot of fun lore notes or whatever. And then suddenly I have to swallow that like these two dipshit knights with like eons of service and experience would just like make this completely incomprehensible tactical decision and it's like it just like sucks all the air out of the room here uh and like luckily kanith is unconscious so he can't say kill this fucker yeah uh, right <laughs> no that's actually the thing ben is that dirama uh hung just outside the window until uh -huh. kanith went unconscious oh my god Kiritsugu uh, bitches about Saber in his head, but you know what? He can't say anything to her, so that'll never be vocalized to Saber. <laughs> or it'll be vocalized two inches to the left of her head or something like yeah. that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's such a childish, like, the the just remembering the scene from earlier, it feels like Kiritsugu talking to Eerie in Saber's hearing is like, Eerie, could you tell Saber? <laughs> uh -huh. Like, it's it, they're trying trying to him not ever being in the same room as Saber because he's doing his own thing. This is a functional way to do this, right? Yeah. But he, they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want yeah. Saber and Eerie to always be together. They want Kiritsugu and Eerie to like interact so that you care about their heteronormative marriage or whatever. Uh the most beautiful thing that can ever happen to you is to get married to a woman and have a beautiful baby girl. Uh, mm -hmm. by the way, uh, Abe approves. <laughs> Chuck of a win for Abe. Um, Abe's favorite fate property, Fate Zero. God. But uh, putting <laughs> Kiritsu and Saber in a room together ever is a mistake. Yes, you, mm -hmm. you get three of those. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Act 7-4. Kotamine uh, is like having a hissy fit over why women would have a will of their own to stop him uh hey, remember when kotamine was like a misandrist mm -hmm. just kind of hated humanity as a whole uh-huh uh because it's he's so misogynist misandrope misandrope sorry misandrist is uh hates men <laughs> i'm so it is just inexplicably misogynistic. Like, well, it, it doesn't... Do here, the thing that they're trying to do here is him be like, oh, I thought Kotamine was like me. Why would anyone care about him enough then mm -hmm. to uh, jump yeah. in front of bullets for him, etc., right? But, but it's because, coming out as... Yes, yeah. because he's it's only filtered through women. Women care about Kotamine or Kiritsugu because they want to fuck him, right? Yeah. And they want to be yeah. his wife. Uh, mm -hmm. so it just comes out in this like, like misogynist gruel of like, oh, I didn't know women could have thoughts and feelings and be people. What? Mm -hmm. You know, it is like wild. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause like, I, I hadn't even considered what this would look like if like my, if Maya was just like Kiritsugu's like male assistant. Yeah. The read on this would be incredibly different. Yes. If she wasn't fucking him, <laughs> you know what I right. mean? If it wasn't. Or if he was that, still that, fucking Kiritsugu. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
we can make this yaoi web even more tangled. But th- th- that is true, though. Like, like it shouldn't have to be limited to like a romantic attachment. And like, I think the fact that it is really, really limits, yeah, the read of this because like, Kotamine is upset that there's any attachment here. Like, it doesn't have to be romantic, but the way that it's portrayed and it comes across is so mired in that. Yeah, you this can't is why decouple think it. That Urobuchi is like a a virulent misogynist. Is stuff like this. You know right. I mean? Yeah. It's like, I mean, I like. Ma- it's been a while since he wrote this, and he's written mm-hmm. other things with women who are complex characters with like lives. And it is like very fun to compare this to like Thunderbolt Fantasy, which is like uh-huh. my favorite thing he's done since. Uh huh. Which also has issues with misogyny, I think, because uh-huh. and I and I think like through that lens, I don't think it's necessarily because he's particularly misogynist. Yeah. It's that he doesn't know how to write women. Uh huh. This is the in a story that contains men. Yes, this is solved in Madoka yeah. by having uh, the only man be a uh, alien <laughs> who isn't and even really a man. and a male white or yeah. You know. <laughs> uh huh. And then like there's a couple of like background men. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there's the dad who is the wife of the family, right? Yes. <laughs> this is like really really basic like trope inversion stuff of like oh what if the man was the housewife, but like. It takes these it takes men off the board as power players mm-hmm. even if men are still influential in their lives a little bit like with uh Sayako, you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is this is me rationalizing hating zero and loving madoka <laughs> anyway. i think this one this one's fair though because like yeah i do think i do think you can see the ways that this is misogynistic and they yeah. are like weird they're weirdly contrived just because there's it's this tra- need to have over his own feet, you know. He wants Kiritsugu to be fuckable so bad, yes, yes. in a way that so he just cool. isn't. <laughs> like, he just—it's not earned. Like it just doesn't make sense. Ugh. Uh, yeah, yeah. He doesn't even have a magic brainwashing mole, you know. Ah. Ah. <laughs> so. Uh, assassin tells him that Saber is on her way to rescue these two. Uh, Kotamine stabs Eri in the stomach and throws her away. This is really kind of gratu- a gratuitous scene in the yes. uh, anime. Yeah, it's gratuitous in the um, uh, like novel too, right? But yeah. like, yes, yes. Like but the it way is... he like just like starts kicking Maya while she's on the ground. She's like yeah. barfing up blood, and then he like discards Eri like a like used paper towel i do i do like that he comments on the blood being red like there is an element of this that is consistent with a church a church executor right like but again it's it's too trapped up in this yes yes Um, yeah yeah the i think the anime suffers from trying to frame shots that are fan servicey. Oh yes, Ugh. there's so many oh. Maya ass shots too. By the way, yeah. Like the, the when Kodamine stomps on her, it's like from below her chin, looking down, so you can like see her boobs and like right in. Yeah, it's it's truly bonkers. Yeah, that like yeah yeah that it's shot. The there's a place for sexy violence. I have a so much room in my heart for sexy violence. This is not sexy violence. This is like no. a, a a a big strong man stomping on some weak weak women. Yes, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, yeah, and um, they're pathetic. They never had a chance to even like remotely uh do anything to fight him. You know. Yeah, it's like they jumped in front of a train. Uh huh. Um, and like they I should know this. And like that's part of what frustrates me too. Is it's like, Kitty. Uh, 
This, yes, this frame. Koto Minikide is a church executor. Like, this is not an unknown quantity. Like, he, yes, yes. absolutely, you know that he is going to waste you in this yeah. context. But this is the thing is that there, it's like framed as like, if he talks to Kiritsugu, it's all over, man. You know what I mean? It's like, is it? Like, I don't understand Kiritsugu's like earlier breakdown sobbing about having to talk to Kotomine. <laughs> and like this, they're like, oh, okay, uh, even though. Iri dying would like completely destroy Kiritsugu. She's willing to like die for no reason. <laughs> Just like stop him from talking to Kotomine. Like it sucks. Um, yeah. And this scene, I, I read something else this week, a manga that we may or may not talk about on pod at some point um, that deals with parental abuse mm-hmm. and made me think, I think that there is a line where uh putting putting the actual acts of abuse on screen is not only like worth it but like uh you can do something interesting with that yeah and i and this scene is kind of the opposite of that where it's like i don't think anything is gained from no. just seeing kotamine brutalize these two no no uh this could have been like a third of the length yeah, well, and, and like I, you could have just even like the first part of the fight, you could just cut there, and it's like fine, whatever. He yeah. beat up some women, right? But mm-hmm. we don't get need this like extra little bit of him like lording it over them. Yes. Well, he also isn't like it doesn't seem like he's enjoying it as much as he would need to sell me on it for this to be the follow up to the scene with Gil. Because I think there's there is a way that you do this where Kotomine is finally just hamming it up being the villain right because then he's fun right because then you can do something fun with him being like a monster right but then suddenly he's not like a battle-hardened killing machine right like what i mean you need this to be him reveling in the fact that he's powerful for the first time Mm -hmm. and that's not that's not what's happening and i don't get it like it, it seems like such a layup in that framing and that even that somehow would like offset how gross this ends up feeling yeah. as a result but yeah it is like a natural disaster uh, yeah they're just like showing it for like uh women getting hurt reasons they're gay really- home wreckers are the natural disaster of heterosexual <laughs> house <laughs> Uh, there is a very funny uh line at some point where like uh, earlier uh, like Maya has multiple broken ribs, and then later they're like, "Yeah, she'll be fine." <laughs> There's healing magic. No, yeah, yeah. The way that they say it is like, "Yeah, if we left her alone, she'd be fine." And I'm like, I don't know that multiple broken ribs is not not life threatening, <laughs> or That's is fair. is not life threatening. So anyway, anyway, the last little bit of this. Eerie wakes up, Saber's fretting. Uh, oh wait, one sec. Right before that, Kotomina runs away. In the anime, he looks like he's going he out for his morning <laughs> jog. He does the gayest little jog. It's, it, that part is very fun. Everything up to that, it's so awkward that it's like 90% garbage and then you get this little joyous 10% at the end. There's so many scenes in this that are like so funny, but they don't feel like they were done to be funny. It feels like they were like, this is going to be cool. We'll show, we'll have like the uh, Kotomine's dad and Tokiomi circling him like sharks. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's what it looks like. <laughs> oh, uh. Assassin's going to do like all this cool maneuvering to get through this like field of magical barriers. And he's just like grooving along. <laughs> it's like, I don't, it doesn't, maybe, maybe people 
you can't like no like sure there was probably the animators who were doing it probably were like um at least partly aware of how goofy these things looked right they had Mm -hmm. some of them had to be at least right but it's just all so self-serious about everything else that you just can't it just feels incongruous with everything that they're going for make it a musical (laughs) (laughs) fate zero would be immediately improved if it was a musical yes okay Eerie wakes up. Saber is there. Saber does not know that Eerie is uh, has Avalon, the sheath uh, implanted in her. So whenever Saber's near, she like heals the same way that uh, Shiro does, right? Mm-hmm. Eerie is not made of swords in the same way, uh, but she hasn't had it in her as long, you know. Um, this is uh, this should be gay. This should be gay, right? Because Shiro being Saber's sheath is like this romantic like moment of romance in mm. Fate Night. But it's so like it's like framed so practically as a, a man protecting his wife. Uh there is a earlier this act, I think. Uh there's a great bit where Eri is like, Oh, I didn't realize how important having Saber around was. Like, uh-huh. The confidence that her small little frame gave me. Uh, her tiny little body. <laughs> um, Which is like, yeah, there are like the barest of scraps mm-hmm. uh, to hang on to. Yeah. Um, There's also this bit where like Saber can't know that the sheath is here because she doesn't know about it later, even though it's like sitting out on the altar place where they (laughs) summoned uh summoned her in the anime. Anyway. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. She must just not have seen it. Like you mean, you mean later parentheses in Stay Night, right? Wait, what do you know? Does she know? She does not know that they have the sheath. No. Okay. Or at this point, she doesn't, because the eerie's like, "Oh, they, she doesn't know that I, that it, it that we have it and that I'm using it." It's a, it's either that like she doesn't know, or she's assuming uh, Kiritsugu is using it, right? But yeah. why would Kiritsugu use it? I guess. Um, anyway, anyway, because he's selfish, it. right? Or yeah. Well, it wouldn't work, is what I mean. Does she in Stay no. Night? Does she know that Kiritsugu had it? You know, she might. I thought that she didn't because she would have. I think she would have figured out what was up with Shiro earlier if she knew that Kiritsugu had had the sheath. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, this is... Well, we know that in Zero, she's just completely... Her 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 head is full of bricks, so we can't... <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, the last scene we get is Eerie healing Maya and being like, we both love Kiritsugu, and we both fulfill his needs in different ways, and that <sighs> in his own way is beautiful. It's like... This sucks. Mm-hmm. This sucks. This still sucks. It sucks. The whole thing sucks. Um, Eerie's like infinite patience for Kiritsugu doing shitty things to her on the path to, as we've been told, murdering her. Uh, because she just doesn't have a real personhood mm-hmm. of her own. You know, it just sucks. Even though she's obtained a women's intuition? She has a women's intuition. She should know better than to like just... <laughs> I'm going to jump off of a bridge here. <laughs> anyway. If you so, find a rubber duck, let us know. <laughs> I'll look for it. Damn. Junko. <laughs> Junko, no. The scene of him 
being swallowed by the river is terrifying. Really uh, just like all the consequence in the world fi- just like suddenly happening. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, yes, this has been my favorite stretch of zero so far. And it began and ended with us complaining nonstop. It's when it's high, like it's when when something like this hits its highest highs is when I am the most critical of its lows. I, I like, and I don't think that's coincidental, right? Like because you see, you see the piece of what makes this compelling, mm-hmm. and you wish that everything around that piece could also rise up to match it. Yeah, yeah. I think that this is because Zero is written as like a hyper indulgent piece, right? Mm-hmm. And so it leans into all of Verbochi's like weirdest qualities and like. Who's editing him? You know what I mean? Who's going to tell Urobochi? Like, Nasu is so fucking starstruck by him. He would let Urobochi write literally anything and never want to change anything. You know what I mean? Uh, so we just get all of this, like, indulgence. And I love indulgence. You know what I mean? I love when writers just indulge in their own weirdness, you know? But that doesn't mean I'm. it's always going to click with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Like this is what me reading the 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 like postscript last time made me feel slightly affectionate towards all of this because I'm like, yes, this is just Urobochi is just literally this guy. He's this dramatic little bitch wearing a My Chemical Romance t-shirt in his like <laughs> 50s writing this like dra- like dramatic nonsense and like that's beautiful. <laughs> uh but then I have to read more of it and I'm like <sighs> yeah. And like by some metrics it, this is still doing better than a lot of like isekai stories oh, yeah. with a oh, lot God. of these same themes right and i think like part of the reason I, i'm coming at this swinging so hard even though in the past i've like i still think it's like there are there are worse onboarding points for the premise of this show mm-hmm. partly because like so much of anime is filled with this um something but i could still hear you i pressed okay button. whoops anyway <laughs> You uh, you really midsummer midsummer's day's resonance to me on that. Uh, <laughs> you just hit the end call button because you panicked it into what? No, I was gonna oh, say that like I went like part of this <laughs> is like referenced all three of our Yuri Tea Time things and right. Like I'm coming. I'm used to I'm used to coming out recommending fate stuff to someone who's like coming out of Game of Thrones and like also yeah. has some very famously like rancid shit around some similar yeah. kinds of like motivations that they, right so like within the context of that right yeah there's some cool stuff in here that i think people would enjoy if they've been able to tolerate that kind of yeah. rancidity yeah, in other media from, like attack on titan or like you know what i mean if you're coming from like Shonen, yeah this is gonna be fine you know what i mean you'll like this like and if i have to compare it to like the ocean of like dirt rock bottom like isekais about like oh god you could just be the most powerful man in the world uh and everyone catered to you constantly you know what i mean it's like yeah this is like deeply deeply boring and like toxic shit this is doing so much more like better than that but like i don't read that shit (laughs) right well like i think to me it's like there's a type of person that i think will defend kiritsugu as not the worst and i think if if you take the lens of that to be compared to the common body of of like anime to which Fate Zero would be compared, I think there is some truth to that. Mm-hmm. And yet, <laughs> like we should all endeavor to set our bars higher, basically, right? Yeah. Like, I think I think <laughs> knows that all of these people suck, you know. And this is mm-hmm. this is like a higher bar than many people can meet. I think. Hmm. 
I think Urobochi might. I don't know that the anime team does. Yes, this is this is the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I think Urobochi does right because I think uh, men sucking and being cool completely not mutually exclusive to him. Yes. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and but like uh, because of like losing context in the anime, this it just like flattens everything, you know. So we just get these like we instead of getting any of the like stuff that would explain why what makes kiritsugu sacrificing his wife like a bad thing to do we get it as like a tragic sad choice that a very brave and strong man has to make you know what i mean yeah. yes and i and i did appreciate that like the novel does describe him as like breaking down like sobbing more than I would have expected. And like, that doesn't happen in the anime. I still would find it annoying. Like that doesn't offset things for me, but that does communicate that like, if if you were truly trying to write a cool military dude doing cool military things, you would never, I, I feel like that breaks the magic circle to a type of person that is like intent mm-hmm. on a certain framing of masculinity. So like, I'm willing to give a little bit of like slack to that, yeah. even if I think it's poorly done. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yes, uh, it, this is head and shoulders above other stuff in, in the in the milieu. <laughs> Probably. I just like I just prefer the fate stuff that that is in a different milieu. Isn't. I think, yeah, yes. or like I think I think Fate Stay Night is in a different milieu by default, and that yes. like, I mean, it's a milieu where women exist and have like feelings and uh, ambitions. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Besides, like duck, like duckling imprint printing on the nearest man and following them around, you know. I mean, like, yeah, women there's... can be masters for real. Oh my god, yeah, and so many of them are. <laughs> uh huh. Um. Yeah, it, <sighs> and I think it's uh in a hmm, what I'm trying to say. Uh there is a lot of Aroge, <laughs> and uh in a similar. Uh, but like, I think stay night in a is hmm what am i trying to say uh i'm so sorry for holding you two hostage while i figure out what i'm trying to say you're fine um or yeah i think stay night stands out not exclusively mm-hmm. but uh yeah if, if you if you there are there are a lot of isekai anime there's also a lot of like bad aroga mm-hmm. um mm. and and uh i think stand does a better job of standing out uh mm-hmm. in in this specific way uh due to the strength of its heroines yeah um rather than this which is like i all yeah 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 uh nasu writes women like their people this is not something yeah. you can say of much of like all anime, right? This is a, co- a perennial problem with like anime and ge- like certain types of genre writing, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, anime and manga uh, that is not about women and written by women often struggles with uh, treating women as human beings and not uh, marketable objects. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyway. That's zero for today. We're going to finish volume two next time, probably. Yeah, definitely. We are. It has things I really like, or at least I've remembered really liking, and I'm excited to yeah, revisit them. Fun, uh, discussing um, 
Whoa, I lost steam there uh, for a second. Peregrine, I hope you had fun uh, well, like joining us and tearing apart Fate Zero. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Like, I think once I started doing the rewatch and the reread and like had listened and caught up on the pod and whatever, it was like, no, this this is... I like this thing enough mm-hmm. that criticizing it is is enjoyable. Yeah. Both because I know what Fate has been, what it will be, and like what fate zero has been for me and like yeah this i think this is i don't know i've been chastised recently for criticizing other things in a similar way and so it's kind of refreshing to just be given a space where i'm expected to do that (laughs) and like don't have to feel guilty you know yeah it's fun to pick on things even you know again i love tsukihime we spend so much time dunking on tsukihime you know what i mean um God, but yeah, we're like Lost Belt Six is just so close in the rear view mirror that it's hard to like give Urobuchi's vision of uh, fate any grace. Well, and for me, like it's it's sort of we'll eventually hit on stuff with characters like Waver that comes out of Fate Zero mm. that I am learning like the, like there are reasons I appreciate that a lot more than uh-huh. Fate Zero currently, mm-hmm. and like it's how yeah. reading it knowing that is sort of helping me understand why right and a lot of it is like yeah because like some of these other ones give women like more agency and like <laughs> roles than you uh-huh. know. but like there's other things to it as well right like a lot of it coming in with how kaneth is described and portrayed versus like how nasu would have done this with mm-hmm. characters and like continues to do it and stuff. and i think i think that stuff is like interesting and it gives me a lot more excitement to like hit those other series yeah. as well eventually i'm having fun discussing i'm having more fun talking about zero than i thought i would and um it is fun to hit a couple of things that i actually did like uh which gives it makes it easier to like pick out the bits that i think work and bits yeah. that i don't think do. yeah uh really funny thing that i just like realized is uh kaneth's <laughs> Oh, something Kaneth's like weird racist monologue against Japanese people. Uh, you know who else in Fate Stay Night is introduced in a similar way? Ilya, <laughs> when she calls oh. the Japanese a head chopping. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, like Ilya's so funny. Uh, <laughs> racist white girl spotted. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, she's only 19. We uh-huh. can't hold this against her. She's still learning. She's got to get She's off just on her. She's a she's a, a 19-year-old rich white girl on her study abroad trip, right? Like uh-huh. she, it's different than a, than the college professor po- posted her like vlogs to YouTube about how weird Japanese convenience store food is, right? We all uh-huh. know the time. <laughs> okay. That's enough zero, I think. We are part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. Yeah, we are. Uh, go listen to the Abnormal Mapping Podcasts. Please and thank you. They they support us. I don't so. know if... I, I saw this. Uh, they're, the next uh, beach house they're doing is about an anime I like a lot. I don't know if I should say that. Because uh, they kind of come in cheap. <laughs> I think the episode description has... It does have it? Ochi. Right? Okay, good, good. Yeah. I just didn't want to like accidentally spoil their surprise or something. Not that like anyone listens to our fucking podcast. I wouldn't do anything. And it's not going to come out for two weeks anyway. So that might that might be out right now when you're listening to this. Uh, Bochi's quite good. Bochi's excellent. Okay, let's do let's do the rest of wrap up stuff. 
Okay. What is... What we else? talked about abnormal mapping. Shout out to abnormal mapping. Go listen to their boat. Next time, we are doing the rest of volume two, which is act eight? Yeah, which is like 40% uh, of the book and uh, three episodes of anime. And episodes nine through 11. So it's it's substantial. Yeah. Uh, Peregrine, provided uh, no unforeseen circumstances arrive, you'll be joining us for next time. Yes, please. I love that. I even if everyone ends up hating it, I I love a large chunk of this next stretch, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> That'll be fun. That'll be fun. It's been great talking about this. Now, here's the thing: Have you come up with another Yuri Tea Time? Because you get a second one. Oh. Ooh. Maybe we should just. We could like. Mm, oh, I was thinking about one. God, what was it? Shit! 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 Have you watched Vlad Love? We yes. have watched Vlad Love. That was one of our earliest seasonal anime like watches. Because I was thinking of rewatching Vlad Love, and I was like, that could be Yuri Tea Time. Should we redo Vlad Love, Ben? Do you think we're going to have enough to talk about? Because you liked Vlad Love more than me, I feel like. Um, We can certainly do it. What's uh what I'm trying to think if there's any other like good short things on my list. We could also just do like um we talked about Forbidden Scrollery. Like we could do like a chunk of that. Is that another Toho thing? Yeah. That's another Toho one, yeah. Or do you want um, to just like we'll watch like ten hours of deep sea footage and discuss that? <laughs> oh my god, you can't let me give you that as an assignment. <laughs> there's no way. Like I <laughs> do you want to review a paper on like deep sea endosymbionts like <laughs> no we're not gonna do that that's <laughs> gonna be hell for everyone uh-huh. um i just make you watch mushishi at that point or something that's not yuri enough though <laughs> what about i my me did you ever watch that shit? what is that i don't know this it's like a it's like one of those three minute per episode like gag anime I don't know if that's good enough. I don't know if it's good enough. Um, we can always just think about it. We could just yeah. put a pin in it. We can mm. we can put it in the episode description. I'd say let's say let's say like emergency rations will just be like let's let's pick an arbitrary number of forbidden scrollery to go through. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we could do Vlad Love, but I think we've mentioned it on the pod and talked about our uh, favorite bit, which is that lady who eats extra spicy beef balls and plays <laughs> plays extra Fallout large four, extra large beef balls and, and plays Fallout Four on the Sony PlayStation. <laughs> oh my god, that I I am like, there's the one episode of that show that's the Castlevania play, and like <laughs> I've watched that one specifically like five times. Because it's I'm a Castlevania nerd. Also, what a uh, weird that show. The the fact that that show even exists, the year that it came out, is the part that's yeah wild. Yeah. Do you ever watch Kyoso Gigan? Kyoso Gigan. No. Like, how do you feel about doing like a 13 episode like one core show? That might that feels like too much almost. We we've done that for a bunch of people, and you're not on very often. Ooh. Look oh, did you have we done any Bakemono on pod? We've do you want to do like Kizumonogatari or something? I have been thinking about rewatching Kizumonogatari, but how much have we talked about Kizu on pod, Ben? Have we? I I feel like we have, but usually we just do a Monogatari check in. I feel like, mm-hmm. like oh, we covered this thing. 
Right. So we could do a more in-depth Kizu. Mm-hmm. Which again, I've been I've been thinking about Monogatari a lot because of Bunny Girl Senpai. Right. So I would like. I don't have it written down in our. This is a third watch of Kizu for Fen, though. Uh, I. I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, I've seen it once and have been meaning to rewatch it as well. Basically, right? I saw um, it once. I saw it relatively recently. Uh huh. That was a bit ago. Uh huh. Um, I'd be happy to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just do we want to commit to that, or do we want to cut all of this and let Peregrine think about it and see if anything else is overriding? We can do both. Because <laughs> <laughs> if we want to do Kizu, right, we should decide if it's just one movie or all of them, right? Because it it's, would have it's to be all of them, which is not an insignificant that chunk. That's plenty. That's a lot. Yeah, but it's not. Again, we watched we watched all of Bunny Girl for an episode almost all of funny girl for an episode We've it is less than seasons that. of anime for people before which is this is this is the thing of like uh i sometimes over promised uh stuff to people so i'm trying to like not do that but like a season of anime every now and then isn't too bad to get through i mean and then that's for me is like i want to pick something that i at least know you're gonna enjoy somewhat so if it's something like that where we're both re-watching a thing we know we we mostly like i'm assuming but mm-hmm. yeah and this is really close to bunny girl so i'd probably be much higher on kizu <laughs> I like that's what I was thinking is like I didn't watch Bunny Girl and like I still haven't listened to part of the pod where you discuss it I think because I feel a little bad but like I, I'm not gonna watch it realistically but what I will watch is 30 minutes of Aranagi catching fire <laughs> <laughs> like, just straight up I've missed that in my life <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. this is the this is Aranagi's a guy who will die for women <laughs> It's such a the, it's, guy, the bunny girl guy is a guy who will you know he's gonna die for women and he's like feels bad about it. Adoragi's gonna scream and cry and then die. And like, <laughs> uh, I love Bunny I Adoragi's much funnier. Uh, yeah, this is true. Yeah, I am down. It is. It is. It's Halloween. It's. It's almost October. Yeah. Let's. Let's. Let's maybe do it. Let's like have it be a fun okay, little. Okay. Let's commit to Kizu. Let's commit let's to Kizu. Do it. Halloween's yeah, coming up. It's the right time of year. Next episode will be October. There's pumpkins out already. I'm trying to tell Fen that means it's Halloween. Because <sighs> like I, I explicitly have been saving a rewatch for a close to Halloween season because I think Kizu to me is the, the most horrific that Bakemono gets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love yeah. that. Oh, I'm so I love it's and I, I do think that like there are echoes of the fight with Kaneth in like that second movie that I adore. Oh, okay. it's so let's save okay. let's save yeah. our, our discussion about it. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I'm getting too excited. <laughs> no, no, no. I was okay. You're you being excited means we should do it. Okay. Um but yeah, I was like when we weren't sure, I was like maybe we'll just get a little bit of that energy out now, not and then like Peregrine can think about it. But now it's like, no, no, we should save that. We should save that. That's good. And then we have more, like, to- we don't have to just do, like, extra Toho, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We got, we, I might check out more Toho. We might talk about it on the pod later. You know what I mean? Right. But I think uh, that's the right way to do it. Toho. I don't want, I don't want to, like, force feed you more of it, right? Like, I'd rather you get the taste, right? We can uh-huh. revisit it maybe later, that type of thing. I think that's the right way to do it. Okay. I was looking up what we are playing next time. Oh, important. It is, uh, 
a little song the the poor little bird uh we are also going to be talking about the uh, seasonal anime oh shit so uh, peregrine much like uh <laughs> our incredible our very strongest guest probably you know you'll have to watch everything we watched this season only two shows <laughs> well I'm which i'm kidding you don't have no no but if you did not. watch my go <laughs> Oh god, okay, I'm probably not going to watch My Go. <laughs> it is 3 cuz it's we're going to talk about My Go, Sugar Apple Fairy Tale uh season 2 and Undead Girl Murder. Fo- oh, that is the okay, I was hoping you would Okay, I am watching Undead Girl Murder. <laughs> Undead Okay. okay. I, a show yes, that have to finish it for next time. Okay. I was going to say you yeah. if you weren't watching it Peregrine, I would have been like, "Oh, you'll like the main guy." <laughs> Undead yes. Girl. Speaking speaking of shows that end up somehow being more gay than I expected them to be. <laughs> <laughs> we're way behind because we've been watching with heather and she's been like out of town we've been you know trying I mean? to watch with heather we might we're have to catch up i told her she either has to watch it or drop it okay. so we're gonna do it just wait till her current visitors are gone. that show is good food for me i don't expect people to like it but i'm having a very fun time I liked the, we, we got through the the vampire arc and i enjoyed that i hear it kind of pivots after that uh it's weird it's so it's so I'm not expecting to be super high on it, but it does have a good, like, uh, fucky, like, theatrical circus energy at times that I can respect. Yeah. Tomoyo Kurosawa carries it with her VA work, IMO. Mm-hmm. Or, like, mm-hmm. I love her no comments. She's um the the protagonist in Hideki Euphonium. Mm-hmm. Same, same VA there. I think she does okay. some other things. She's like, she, uh, no, that's fine. Anyway. But yeah, you don't Rambling. have to watch My Go and you don't have to watch Sugar Apple Fairy Tale Season 2. No, because you'd have to watch season one as well to make any sense of season two. And that's simply too much to ask. Oh, um, I look forward to ask. hearing about it regardless. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to look forward to hearing about that one. but Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll check out some Maigo just to I see. Guess you could say, you, I guess you could say Sugar Apple Fairy Tale at least does have uh, beautiful men who are kind of mean. So, <laughs> Yeah, it has a lot of... <laughs> That's most of what Ishonen it is. who are very mean. Is this um, just like shoujo? Like what? In yeah, what? It's a it's shoujo. Yeah. Oh okay yeah. okay. Um, yeah. I would say if if you ha- if you find the time, watching the three first three episodes of My Go is you could uh you could use your time worse. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no pressure. But yeah, I could always use the time worse. If I'm not doing this, I'm like probably just slapping on some VTubers and playing Ark Knights. So, uh, I mean, no. If you finish chapter eight, <laughs> we might that's our Yuri T time. That maybe we might not talk about it on pod, but we will talk about it with you. <laughs> Speaking of things that got more gay than I expected. Ooh, okay. I'm re- oh, okay. Okay, I will. <laughs> Whenever this, whenever I clear out shop in the Monhun event, is when I allow myself to. All right, okay. okay. I think we set a new <laughs> record for outro length. I'm gonna cut part of that, but probably not. <laughs> anyway, Fen, where can people find you on the internet? In the Crying Rules Discord, where we have watch parties for the anime that are quite fun. IMO. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you, Peregrine? Ah. Oh, most likely on the uh, the Waypoint Discord. Um, you can find links there if you're curious about a, the small FGO Discord um, that is run as a spinoff of that. Um, you could find me on Twitter at Terrific Broth, but 
I don't I don't recommend it. I'm probably just going to be taking pot shots at Armored Core Six there, um, <laughs> yeah. which is a good which is a good game, and and people should enjoy it and love it. It's fine, but you know, also fuck them. <laughs> you've heard us critique Fate Zero for the past like four. You you know the vibes. Um, don't worry, Peregrine. No, no one is listening to this who will f- come and find you <laughs> and complain about and if if you're if that was your instinct, hey, be cool. <laughs> hey, be cool. <laughs> rule number one is be cool. I beat I beat Baltius before the patch. All right, <laughs> be, be nice. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Ends. You can find me tweeting about my impending visual novel, uh, Reckless Sympathy, over at Doom Gender. I'm also on Co-host and other places. I don't tweet as much over in those places yet, but that's mostly because I've been sick and I've been working on. Well, you know, on co-host, I did do a bunch of uh, doodles of Reckless Sympathy characters in various, like, dumb outfits and things based on uh, requests. So you could go check that out. That was fun. I like drawing those girls. They're they're cute. They're insane, though. They have problems. Yeah, but well, you said they're cute, so isn't that yeah, a... Yeah, they're cute. It's a given. That means that they're going to be normal. <laughs> Fen, do we say anything else? Next time we're covering The Poor Little yeah. Bird. We're covering Kizumonogatari, all three movies. And volume two, act eight? Yes. So it's nine through 11. Yes. Uh-huh. I think that's everything. That'll be the half point, halfway yeah. point of zero. Well, almost. Ish. We did discover that there's like a official side story that we have to cover too. Yes, that's later though. But yeah. Um, and... Yeah, it's ha- well, it's halfway point in terms of volumes. Uh huh. The season finale for the first series of um, uh, zero is is the beginning of volume three, uh-huh. which is very funny. Um, we'll get there. Yeah, we will get there eventually. Uh oh, wait, no, the last two episodes are the beginning of volume three. Wild. Mm-hmm. Um. What else? Gonna Is that everything? Yes, yeah, just see us out. Okay. One day, let's meet in the digital sea. She's a gangy